Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you into this episode of the show, where with the monkey being back, he, of course, has a film pick, and that is The Bride of Frankenstein, 1935, and directed by James Whale. So we're going to be dipping back into the monochrome horror category of the show a little later on. But as always, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. Indeed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Hello, everybody. What is going on tonight? We hope you're ready for everything that we have to talk about, because unfortunately we are missing the Dean. That's okay. Daddy's gone, so the kids can play a little bit and talk about some stuff that we're going to get into. So why not introduce the third member of our party, the mad monkey himself, the psychotic simian, the prince of Moore's Day. Yeah, let's get funky with the monkey. King, it's everybody's favorite spunky monkey in a straight jacket. Tonight, your know, future podcasters of Talking Terror will be coming in your ears with the latest in horror news, trailer tidbits, and movie reviews. So listen on Spotify, listen on iTunes, listen on Blog Talk, and tons of other streaming service platforms because Talking Terror, like crabs, is everywhere, baby. What's up, motherfuckers? That's how you do an intro. <laughs> Just, Thank uh, you for the comparison to cubic lice. That is that is exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm telling you, just doing them rails, getting that cocaine down the system so he can broadcast. That's what he does. So it's good. You know, need to, I need do cocaine. Well, we know that monkey. We know that you do all the cocaine. You don't save any for us. It's kind of fucking rude, but it's fine. You know, that's all right. When you were gone, we just did a bunch of it. So we were just ripping rails while you wanted to hear. <laughs> It was fun to finally actually have some for once without you sitting in the corner fucking just jerking it and doing cocaine at the same time. Like, can you pick one or the other? You can either jerk it or you can do cocaine. You can't do both, all right? Yeah, I know. It's, like it's, 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 it's like my favorite Chris Rock quote. You know, you got skim milk in them titties. <laughs> yep, just to cut it up, get it nice and fine on the slab so we can just sit there and hit it right there on the slab. We ain't even worried about it, you know. And the talking terror morgue here, doing what we do, hitting rails, getting ready for the show, so we can be 100% professional 100% of the time, because that is what we do. <laughs> Sounds like the, what we do. I don't know. But, you know, since the Dean isn't here, we could actually do some fucking nerd shit for once and talk about, you know, a little bit of Marvel, a little bit of DC. So, boys, I'm just going to jump right into it with The Suicide Squad, which came out this past Friday in theaters and also on HBO Max. Uh, I have my thoughts on it, but I kind of want to open it up to you guys. So, uh, Ghoul, what did you think about the Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn? Uh, I mean, listen, you know, as uh, I, I would think out of us all, I'm probably the one most entrenched as far as the uh, the comic book world goes. Uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. think this yep. was a uh, 
you know, this is one of those weird ones, right? Okay, so James Gunn gets this gig mostly because he got fired from Marvel during that, that little, you know, the, that little thing that was going on with, like, uh, the Twitter thing mm-hmm. or whatever it was that he had, he had put up fucking 20,000 years ago or whatever it was. You know, so for that little temporary amount of time, all of a sudden he gets this gig to direct the next Suicide Squad movie. Um, right off the rip, you know, he let us know. This is not necessarily a sequel, even though it's going to have characters in it from the previous film. Um, you know, I do think it's a sequel. I think we have enough carryover of specific important characters to kind of say this is, in, in effect, a sequel film. As far as my thoughts or feelings on it, it kind of was like a, uh, it was a roller coaster ride. The ups of this movie are extremely high. And they are fantastic. But the lulls of that film as well are really low down there. And there were a number of times while watching it, which it's you know, almost two and a half hours long, where mm-hmm. I was kind of sleepy during some of those, those, those less exciting parts. Thankfully, the more exciting ones you know, have kind of won the day. And, you know, I know obviously the Internet is ablaze right now with the world loving the, this version of King Shark. So I just think he should be in Jaws. I think that would be fantastic. I think that's the best crossover I've ever seen. <laughs> nom, nom. <laughs> so, yeah. um, Monkey, what did you think about Suicide Squad? I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I, I like you know, was going in here with heavy hesitation just because of the last movie. But again, you know, like Ghoul said, you know, James Gunn here, coming in here with his own thing, doing his own bit of silliness, again, just throwing weird soundtrack, you know, in there at times, you know, <laughs> like fucking Justin Gigolo, you know, fucking worked like a motherfucker <laughs> while <laughs> Disney graphics going around in the background. Um... And I, li- I liked what he did. The only thing I really didn't like about the film was Waller losing her shit. The fact that he sat there and wrote yeah. that in there, just Waller losing her shit, I was really disappointed by that. Just because doesn't matter whether you're watching Suicide Squad, doesn't matter whether you're watching Flash or Arrow, you know, anytime Amanda Waller shows up, she is 100% cool 100% of the time. Like, she is always, like, five steps ahead of everybody else you know you never see her lose her fucking shit so i you know i just did not dig that you know part of them writing her in that way of being out of control of the situation um but then on top of that you got fucking doctor who in there man fucking peter capaldi <laughs> like you know one of the best fucking doctors out there you know <laughs> just killing the fucking screen every time he was on i was fucking loving it man <laughs> yeah i was a thinker yeah that was, that was yeah and again you know with james gunn like you guys have pretty much said everything i was going to say for the most part but i just love the fact that james gunn had the fucking money from DC to make the movie that he wanted to make. He wanted to make a movie that he couldn't make with Marvel. So he got the R rating and he was able to make the Suicide Squad that he wanted to make, which was gory and funny. And yes, I agree with the ghoul that there were some lulls, but for the most part, it was a lot of highs. Um, I think having the Jim Carroll band, People That Died song is fucking Chef's Kiss Brilliant when you're showing death oh, yeah. at the beginning of the movie. Like, as yeah. soon as those chords hit, I was like, holy shit, Jim Carroll band. Like, that's a high for me. Because that, that's a deep cut that the, the monkey and I know. But not many other people yeah. may know that song. So the fact that it was in there was fucking cool as uh, shit. 
Uh, I did like King Shark a lot. Obviously, the Internet is just fucking going crazy about him. I was such a huge fan of Polka Dot Man, and I didn't think so. I even told the ghoul, I was like, I just fucking <laughs> hope that we get to see Polka Dot Man be Polka Dot Man. And it did, and we got to see a lot of his mom, which is fucking crazy, you know, in various different <laughs> scenes. So, <laughs> you know, it was a She's lot everywhere. of fun that way. <laughs> but it's also the fact that James Gunn took this opportunity to have John Cena as Peacemaker, and then also Idris Elba, who I fucking love to death as Bloodsport, but they're the exact same type of person. So you get to see the back and forth that they have, yeah, where the only difference is Peacemaker <laughs> does it for peace, and Bloodsport does it because he's a fucking mercenary. Um, and it's, just, it's one of those movies where it has a great opening, and it just goes throughout. Uh, but deep cut characters, like I said, Polka Dot Man, and fucking Starro the Conqueror, and the Thinker. Like, <laughs> these are not names that you think you would ever see in a fucking movie. I even told the ghoul, I was like, where's Condiment King? Is he going to show up at the end of the post credit sequence? <laughs> like with a mustard and fucking ketchup bottle? Like, you know, just the gun went deep, and I appreciated it because we didn't have to see fucking Batman and Superman and all these characters that we already know. He's showing us the guys that we might not know, and you should know because Ratcatcher is an amazing character. I always liked him in the comics, and Ratcatcher 2 was amazing in this movie as well. You know, so it, that's what really made me love the movie. It's the fact that we're getting all these characters that you might not know, but you're going to know them now. And plus, you get Harley Quinn in there, and that's always fun, especially like the, the monkey had said with the fight scene set to uh, I'm Just a Gigolo. And, and the fact that the fucking Suicide Squad always fucks everything up. That's what James Gunn got right, is that every fucking mission they were on, they fucked it up somehow. And just somehow they fucked it up. They meant to do the right thing, and they fucked it up. And I thought that was fucking brilliant. Right until the very end with, with you know, the, the boss battle, which – that was like the big win for them, you know, where they decide what they're going to do next. So uh, just comic book at, uh, at its finest. I mean, whoever thought we were going to get the fucking detachable kid in a fucking uh, movie? <laughs> I never thought so. Yeah. Or, or, you I know, mean, <laughs> yeah. The funny but. thing is like a lot of these characters, like the only reason why I even know some of them exist, these are like the kind of characters that like, if you ever picked up like the, uh, you know, like the encyclopedia, of DC characters mm-hmm. or the encyclopedia of like Marvel characters, you know, and like you're just the, reading the, like these little bio, you know, these little bios of like all these other guys, like the Condiment King, you know, like I had never picked up a, co- a comic book <laughs> and read a comic book that, that had the Condiment King in it. No, I ended up hearing about him somewhere else. But like, I remember like reading about Lady Quark and, you know, fucking Lightning Lord and shit like that. Like all these characters that were from like all these other comic books and being like, mm-hmm. yeah, wow, man, there are just, so many of these fucking guys that, you know, like, no, I, ne- I never in my life would ever have expected to not only see the Polka Dot Man in a movie, but to actually like him and, like, find, like, an, an interesting an interesting way to depict his powers. You know, obviously in the comic books, the character, like, each Polka Dot, like, kind of, this works like a gadget. You know, whereas with this one, mm-hmm. they kind of made it like a bit of a mutation, and it's got that, like, acidic chopping quality of it that, that we see used to, to a different extent. I think it made more sense to do it this way, you know, as far as a film. And, you know, the actor that portrays him, too, I'm glad he finally got, like, a, a movie, a comic book movie, because he's been in a bunch of them. But, you know, I'm glad he finally oh, yeah. got in one where, like, he actually gets some real good screen time, and, and, and it's really enjoyable. Like, I know he played the Russian guy in the Ant-Man series, um, but, yeah, like, did, I always yeah. remember the first time I ever saw him was in The Dark Knight, and he's, like, the, uh, he's one of the, one of Joker's guys, 
but he's so like beat up and all twisted in his head. He's like a nut, you know. And that's like when uh, Dent was beating him up. Like Batman's like, no, don't do that. You know, can't you see? He's all twisted. You know, he's the kind of person that the Joker preys on. Um, just, there's something about the actor that like I just enjoy his demeanor. So I'm glad glad to see him get a little bit of a little bit of, of, of a look here. Uh, yeah, a uh, quick question for you guys. Do you know anybody with an area code of 605? Nope. Not like a uh, California thing. I don't know. Hmm. Area code. Yeah, code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go for it. it. <laughs> Dean, who knows? Uh, you got an area code of 605, sir. Can I help you? Yeah, you don't want callers? Well, we can take them. <laughs> oh, we, we never mind, man. How you doing tonight? All right. I saw the um, that you're supposed to be explaining or uh, making your reviews about The Pride of Frankenstein. What always struck me about the movie was after it ended and how um, every movie that Elsa Lanchester was in subsequent to The Pride of Frankenstein, she was uglier in those movies than she was in The Pride of Frankenstein. <laughs> True. Pretty much in your own head. Only in the movie for three minutes. <laughs> Unfortunately, with certain women, man, they hit like a peak of looks, and then it's like all downhill from there, you know. And I mean, there's just uh, nothing that we can can do yeah, about it. You know, but, you got to try to try to get get lucky, you know. But they usually hit the wall maybe around fifty or sixty. This poor woman hit it around twenty, and oh, um, here she is in the movie. Thirty is not a hard time, you know. <laughs> The Bride of Frankenstein, you got and um, she you was got ugly. You got like the king here, man. Yeah. To me, I'm, a, I'm pretty much like a 25 to 30. Like, once the girl's past 30, yeah, you're probably going to be on the south bound. <laughs> yeah, they feel that way. But um, there, are, there are women beyond 30. You look good. But um, Elsa, poor Elsa. But I just wanted to say that. But um, it seems like you guys really don't want calls. You want to go back to, uh, you know, jibber-jabber, so. <laughs> Well, hey, I guess I'll let you guys call, go man. back to the show. Okay. Hey, thanks thank you for listening, much, man. Okay. We jibber-jabber for like the first hour, and then, yeah, then we talk about the movie in the second hour. But, yeah, thanks for listening, All man. Right. And, yeah, please feel free to, to give a call at any time, man. Yeah, always got to love the worldly opinion. So, and we do welcome mm-hmm. callers, so if you are listening live, the number is there. We just don't give it out because we're more of a podcast uh, at this point. But, no, please, if you feel like you got an opinion, yeah, please free to call the number. And it's located uh, in the, uh, the chat group that was on. But anyway, uh, so... Yeah, oh, why? Well, you just like, like to hear yourself talk. We know. But yeah, one of the big things I really dug about this movie, too, is like the goal was saying, man, is the same thing with him. Back in the day, reading, reading the DC Who's Who books, you know, and that's where you got the encyclopedia stuff of, you know, like, like the goal was saying of just these random characters and you know, that's where I first found out about Kite Man. You think it was in these books, and I was like, oh, yeah. that Fuck can't yeah. be a real damn character. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it would have been great if that was like a post-credit sequence. All of a sudden, the guy flies in on a kite, and he's like, hell yeah. Did somebody call for the Kite Man? I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, they're going in the Holy Quinn animated universe now. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I think that is the one thing like I know everybody loves this King Shark and you know I've seen a similar depiction of King Shark in the Flash uh, TV series um, it was like 
Quinn. I remember there was a, there's an episode somewhere. Um, but yeah, I really it was, I think it was Quinn season one. Series. Yeah, I think it was, again, it was an early season. It was like season yeah. one or two. Mm-hmm. It was like a one-episode yep, arc yeah. type of deal. Um, yep. But, yeah, the, the Harley Quinn version of them, it just for me, it's just so funny and so enjoyable, yes. you know, that it's like it was hard to see him go back into the into the brute version that we get in this film. And that, you know, I mean, it wasn't terrible. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I, en- I ended up liking it. It was a little jarring at first, though. A little bit, yeah. But enjoyable, uh, you know, especially in uh, the movie uh, Suicide Squad that we're talking about. I, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of King Shark. I was more of a folk Batman guy, but there was a scene, and it's not a spoiler if you guys actually want to watch HBO Max, but he's, he's looking into a, an aquarium full of cartoonish-looking fish. And it's just <laughs> the way he looks at them, and he wants to be their friend. He's like, oh, oh, friends! And then he starts running around as they're following him, and he's just, like, so in love with the fact that they want to be his friend. And then you find out what they really want, and it's just, it just makes it even fucking better <laughs> once you find out what those cartoon fish really are. But, yeah, it was one of those moments where I kind of had, like, a little misty-eyed moment. Like, this, this shark just wants to have friends. You know, yeah, he's got a of human flesh, but really he just wants friends. Like, he can just Slowly. mean mustache. Fish are food, not to. friends. I mean, fish are friends, not food. Yeah. I mean, he had the best I, I thought, mustache I ever saw. I thought they were going to go the route with all of that going on. I thought they were going to go the I knew they were going to break the tank. Obviously, you don't introduce mm-hmm. that gigantic tank and not have a scene in which it gets shattered and things get flooded. But I figured because it's King Shark and they're all, like, friendly or whatever it is, I'm figuring they're going to shatter the tank. We're going to get a scene where he's going to look sad for all of, like, one second and then, like, eat them or something, you know, because they're dead. And that's why he was all sad, because the tank shattered and there they are. But, no, for them to turn around, bare teeth, and start attacking him, yes, I applaud James Gunn for that decision because that was fucking hysterical. And for him to start panicking, too, as it happens. <laughs> like, this my friend. You know? And, yeah, just, I, I loved it, but... It was just great that everybody got their own little piece of this movie. It wasn't like I had said the Harley Quinn show or the Rick Flagg show. You know, it was just it was everybody's movie. Like everybody had a little bit, and I was so glad that they didn't do what David Ayers did in the 2016 Suicide Squad, which is for the first 25 minutes you just have bios of these characters. I, I don't need all that. Like, you know, just spread it out through the movie. You know, I don't need the first 25 minutes to just be nothing but intros. And that's why I felt like James Gunn kind of of did it and did it well. Because with the opening, you don't even know those characters. If you're a DC fan, you might, but he's not going to fucking spend enough time with them. So you really know who they are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I I didn't mind Ayer's Suicide Squad movie. I'm one of those people. I'm a fan Mm -hmm. of it. I watched the extended cut. It's one that I put on to go Mm -hmm. to sleep to on a regular basis. Um, Didn't hate it. I did feel like it had weak points, just like this one did. Um, Specifically, I feel like the whole shoehorning of the Joker, just to try to get him into the whole cinematic universe, kind of killed the momentum of that film. That film should not have had him in it. Maybe you could have kept him in as like a stinger at the end, but that's about it. Um, I think after everything else goes on, you know, that that would have been like, oh, there's the Joker. Holy crap. You know, but to kind of like thread him in the way they did and put him in because he had Harley, I think it took away from her and put too much negative focus on, on Jared Leto. And, and, that, and that's mm-hmm. that. And I mean, look, obviously, if you watch Zack Snyder's version of the Justice League, you know, you see that Jared Leto can 
pull off a dark Joker. You know, Ayers just didn't get that performance out of him, unfortunately. So, no. I mean, there's that. But, yeah, no, I liked, I liked, I loved the opening sequence of the film. You know, and, I mean, that's kind of what I'll close, I'll close on with this. Because, I mean, for me, you know, seeing the posters, seeing this, seeing that, like, obviously I knew who the main players were. But, you know, all these right. other characters, when, when we start seeing them storm the beach at the very beginning, and I'm like, oh, look, there's that guy. And, oh, this guy. I'm like, yeah, these are guys that I know, you know, the detachable man, stuff like that. There's fucking Pete, whatever the hell his name is, you know. I was like, oh, shit, he's, he's going to be in this for, for whatever. And then just to systematically kill all of them, <laughs> I was like, and, like, graphically, graphically. Like, when he ran up, as soon as he started saying, hey, guys, I'm the one that called you. Like, I knew that was going south. But for his face to be blown off was like, oh, oh, that's the movie James Gunn's making. Oh, this is going to be fun. Like, I have the kids in here. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't expect that. I figured a movie like the other Suicide Squad movie. So for it to go that direction and for Gunn to use that R rating the way he did, I applaud him and I enjoy it. And, yeah, I've heard that uh, supposedly DC has already said that. Like, you know, they're, they're looking forward to working with him for other projects. So hopefully maybe he takes over the Zack Snyder role a little bit and maybe he starts threading a little bit into the DC universe here. I know we have a, a Peacemaker TV series coming in January on HBO. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the next thing up on that end. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, you know, I like the fact that he played a good kind of, anti-hero foil in a lot of ways. I'm not really a big fan of John Cena except for Blockers, which I thought was fucking brilliant, but he was fine as Peacemaker. I didn't have a problem with that. You know, I mean, it was was a fun character to play opposite Idris Elba, you know, where where he constantly has to try to one-up him like when they're in the village, and they're constantly shooting at other people. Like, I have power bullets. (laughs) (laughs) It just makes a lot of sense, but... Yeah. They also had to do something to really differentiate Idris Elba from Will Smith's character in the first one, too. You know, if you're just going to make a character that's a, an assassin that's going to, you know, turn things into weapons and kill people, you had to give him some kind of foil. You had to give him somebody to bounce back and forth with because look what ended up happening with Will Smith. You know, that character ended up kind of falling flat, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I also, we also forgot to mention that Calendar Man does show up in a cameo played by Sean Gunn, the brother of James Gunn, when he calls the yep. polka dot man a pussy. Calendar Man. <laughs> so, James Gunn's like, fuck it, we're putting Calendar Man in this movie too. Like, oh my God. I love Weasel. <laughs> Go for it, man. I love Weasel. Yeah. Weasel is <laughs> yeah. fucking great. Okay, just absolutely. Uh, the eyes, like pug eyes, looking in different directions, all kinds of like weird. <laughs> He's creepy looking. It's bizarre. It's like, all right, you didn't want him to die, but you also didn't want to see him anymore like when he's licking the glass in the sequence when they kind of did that little bit of a back backstory and he's it was like ew you're nasty bro and then yeah i was so happy though at the end you know so yeah i'm good and i'd love to see people icon. pop yeah. up in something too <laughs> but then yeah. but then harley yeah. getting so excited is it a werewolf are we working with a werewolf i've never worked with a werewolf before and then everyone starts freaking out on the fucking helicopter <laughs> Uh, yeah, Harley was at her best in those scenes when she's with everybody else, like when they're trying to interrogate Thinker, and she's like, and if you get a personalized license plate, we'll kill you. Like, Harley, stop. Like, just stop, you know, talking to it. Like, we got this under control. And I'm pacing here. Like, you know, just, 
you know, I just I love the little <laughs> things that she had to to do opposite, you know, Rick Flag. Um, but yeah, so enough about Suicide Squad. I think we've said it enough. If you want to go see it in the theater, you can. If you're Max, you can. Uh, the one series that did premiere on Disney Plus is Marvel's What If uh, that the Ghoul and I had a chance to check out. I know, Monkey, you didn't get a chance to yet. I know you will, so we'll try to keep it as, as spoiler-free as possible. But, uh, Ghoul, what did you think about the first episode of What If? A lot of fun for an animated series. You know, I mean, they went with, like, that, that Scanner Darkly-esque. A friend of mine had mentioned that earlier today. You know, almost like that rotoscope look for it. So it's not – it's like that, that in-between animation, real-life look to things. Um, a lot of fun. I know they, they got a lot of the actors to come in to do, you know, to do a couple of lines for everything. You know, first episode is Agent Car- uh, Captain Carter, and yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a what if of if Steve didn't get the serum and instead Agent Carter did, and, and what could have been. And yeah, I, as a as a younger comic book reader, I really enjoyed. The What If series, I always thought they always took, you know, they took some good risks that they could do because obviously nothing was holding any weight. You know, the end of the issue was the end of the issue. Uh, my favorite one of the What Ifs of all time was what if the Fantastic Four's second child survived? Um, you know, Reed and I remember Susan, that one. They had a daughter and she had passed, uh, like at birth or whatever, or she never was born or something. This storyline has it where she is born. And it was a, uh, it was like a special issue. Might have been like an issue 50 or something like that, because it was like double size. The first story kind of had her as if she was like a bad guy. The second story had her as if she was like a good guy. And yeah, it was just, it was a really, really great read. Like I, it was one that like, it's one of those few comic books that I read so often that the covers like fell off of it eventually. Like I just, you know, it was like whatever. I'm just gonna read it, and I just ended up reading it like just to death, literally. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season and seeing. It looks like they have a couple uh, a couple interesting storylines lined up for uh, for for what is a nice quick half hour show. So, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, super <laughs> super quick, King. Um, yeah, I just wanted to jump in. Yeah. Like my favorite one was what if X Men lost Inferno? That was like one of my favorite what if <laughs> issues right there. Wolverine King, becoming king of the vampires, it? man. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, King, what did you think of the, of the first episode, man? Oh, I enjoyed it. But, yeah, I mean, but those What If series, I also did, like, the one was from uh, the late 80s. It was What If Iron Man Had Been a Traitor, which I thought was probably one of the best issues. Um, but that was my, my favorite. But, no, as far as the series go, I was definitely impressed by the animation style, uh, by the voice talent that they're bringing into it. Um, and it's just, it is kind of fun just to think about what if these situations happen, like in this alternate universe. So I'm looking forward to seeing the other uh, episodes that are ahead. Um, and it's just, it was just fun. It's, it's always fun to, especially like with you guys and with me, we read comics, just to kind of wonder what things would happen. You know, things would switch around. Like what if the Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four, which is another one of those issues. So it's, uh, which you know, does always happen fun eventually, to do that. though, in the, in the universe yeah. proper. Spider-Man does eventually it did join the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Fantastic yeah, Five, but, a couple of issues. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good one. I'm looking forward to. I know that they said that they're probably going to introduce Marvel Zombies for what if. So I'm definitely mm-hmm. looking forward to that fucking episode because I love the shit out of that series. It's like one of my favorite Marvel series. You know, one of the last uh, I think series I seriously read was Marvel Zombies. So I'm looking forward to seeing them tackle that. You know, in, in a future episode. But yeah. Monkey, definitely catch, uh, catch up on it. Then uh, yeah. next week, another episode from Music to Talk About. 
Yeah, it's just Every it would I, like I I. I I think it would have been cool if, like, you know, maybe they had found a w- way to tie the end of WandaVision into the What If series of, like, you know, because we saw all those little universes she was making, and maybe, like, having an intro where it's her at the end of WandaVision at Side of Lake doing these little bubble universes and stuff like that, and maybe that could have been a nice introduction into the world of What If. Well, see, that's the thing, though. Remember, this was supposed to actually come... About the order, uh, no, I guess I guess that didn't change. I don't think there was any delay on that. But yeah, I mean, again, I think what it is too, though, is you got to see it as the end of Loki. Kind of did the same thing. Remember, we were on one definitive timeline. Now the timelines are branching everywhere. So what if kind of spawns off of Loki? I feel like more than it does with WandaVision. Yeah, because uh, Wanda's okay. universe was contained within her own little her hex. You know, the the, the prism. Whereas with Loki's, you know, we see specifically the branching that occurs at the end of that, that, that season. That's right, man. I forgot. Yep. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, um, I, so, I'm definitely checking the series out. Don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I was happy with it. Like I said, the animation was great. The voice acting was great. And it's just kind of cool to see uh, Captain, you know, Carter. You know, and then if uh, Steve Rogers didn't put this here, what would happen? You know, I think yeah, you'll Captain definitely get a kick out of it. But. Chunk. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Wrong movie, my bad. So, <laughs> I was talking about the horror, though, huh? Since we spent a half hour yeah, I was going to say, switching stuff, gears, yeah. the nerds that we before are. we talk about Bride, we're going to talk about some horror news. Uh, so first is just a quick bit of how Tim, uh, uh, Tim Burton has been developing the Wednesday Addams live-action series for Netflix. So the parents, obviously, Morticia and Gomez, have been cast. Uh, Luis Guzman is going to be playing Gomez, while Catherine Zeta-Jones joins as Morticia Adams. Now, going off the comics, yes, I could definitely see this working because Luis Guzman definitely looks more like Gomez from the comic book series. If you take the movies and the TV show with John Astin and Raul Julia, I could see there being an issue, but I think it's going to work. I think it's going to be fun. I also think that it's not going to be the focal point of the show. So they're not going to be, they'll probably show up in a couple episodes, but they're not going to be the focal points out Wednesday and about her adventures in her new school. So I'm okay with it. I really couldn't think of anybody else I'd really want. I mean, I know people were arguing about uh, they wanted Johnny Depp or Christina Ricci. Some people were saying Pedro Pascal. Um, but honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with what they have. But what do you guys think about the casting? Monkey, what do you think? Uh, again, just let it slide in, let it do its thing, because this is Tim Burton. He's going to be doing his own thing. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody says. It's going to be his, you know, but at the same time, uh, Tim Burton doing his thing, and it's going to be Tim Burton always whines about parents and how they don't understand the children. And I don't see how he's going to be able to fit that niche into the Adams family, because that's the thing about the Adams family is they are always about family you know they're always about being with the family you know and spending time with their kids as a family and sharing experiences so i don't know how he's gonna do his trademark whiny bitchy thing about parents not understanding with the Adams family well i mean i think that's easy enough obviously you're gonna have if you use the kids as the focal point kids are gonna always feel misunderstood no matter what, whether or not you're in the Adams family or you're just in the real world. Um, you know, I, I, I 
remember my formulative years in which, you know, obviously, of course, my parents could never understand anything. It's not like they ever were teenagers. They were never children. They were just always existing as old people, you know. But, I mean, now that I'm 43 and I look at my kids, like, I, I say the same thing to them. I'm like, you know, you guys do realize, like, at one time I was a teenager. I get your motivations. I get, you know, to a degree I might not know what you're personally thinking because every individual is them themselves. But I do get it overall that there, there are things that sometimes you feel like your parents won't understand. So I'm sure Burton can, can weave that kind of in. Yeah, he's always had the daddy issues in all of his movies. You know, we've seen it in every single mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. Guzman's casting, I might not be the biggest fan of, only because I see Guzman, again, like I said it in our, in our, in our group chat that we have, he can play a perfect fester. You shave that guy's head, he's already got like that roundish, you know, quality about him. But I do also mm-hmm. see the comparison to the original cartoon, you know, that, yeah. that was drawn. Um, so so that I hope that it works. I hope that it's enjoyable, and I hope that it's, you know, it retains humor and still has that kind of charming quality that I come to expect from an Adams Family-esque thing. Um, I see why people would want Christina Ricci, only because it makes sense that she was Wednesday in the Sonnenfeld movies back in the 90s. Um, you know, and obviously they'd want Ricci in depth because Burton has worked with them before, and they've worked together in Sleepy Hollow. Depp, from the start, when they announced that, he, uh, that, that Burton was doing this series, and everybody off the start was like, oh, well, he's going to get Depp to be Gomez, blah, 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 blah. I, I prayed and hoped that that wasn't the case, so I'm glad that he did not do that. Um, I like them going a different direction. I like him exploring with a new actor. I like yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones as the choice uh, for Morticia. I, I just... You know, my, the one thing I said, I mean, not for nothing, but you cast her. Why not get Antonio Banderas to play your Gomez? Their chemistry on screen has been fantastic in the past. And he can play mm-hmm. something similar to the Raul Julia, that, that suave, debonair air of mystique and love and romance that you get from Gomez Adams. You know, so no, no, too sexy, I, too sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Fester is going to be whoever Fester's going to be. I mean, I think it's going to be hard to kind of top Christopher Lloyd. You know, I mean, he was he was a lot of fun in those movies. So he was, yeah. And and Jackie Coogan in the original series was was just as funny. Um, but yeah, I, I think what I'm most looking forward to is seeing Louise Guzman be all fucking horny for Catherine Zeta Jones. Whenever they're on the screen, because that was the impetus of those two characters, is that Gomez just couldn't put his cock down for two seconds whenever he was around Morticia. She spoke French. Now we must fuck. Like, I mean, that was the whole thing about those two characters. So to see, like, Luis Guzman be like, hey, Morticia, hey, you're looking good today, ma. I'm like, damn, this is awesome. Like, she has to, like, pick him up and put him on the bed and stuff like that because he's so small. Like, <laughs> that's just what I want out of this. Little Maybe Gomez and the this Morticia being tough. Yeah, he's, he's got to show the goat. He's got to show the goat to get it. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know how far they're going to push the Netflix series. <laughs> All I want to make sure is that we don't have any music done by MC Hammer. As long as that stays off the table. The Adams family. They do what they want to do. They do what they want to do. <laughs> Come on, dude. That fucking thing slapped back in the 90s. I was all about that song from Adam's family. Nope. 
You haven't said nope. no, man. You, 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 no, you, nope. you know it's gonna be, you know it's gonna be nothing but Danny Elfman, one hundred percent for that damn score. Oh yeah, it's, it's going to yep. be weird, fucking Danny Elfman the entire time. It really is. So, <laughs> I will, I'm excited for it either way because I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. And as a huge Adam Sandler fan, I'm always looking forward to more stuff, um, especially live action. I haven't got a chance to see the animated movie yet. It's on my radar to watch, but I just um, it's you know, fun. Looking forward it's, to more. It's, 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 I know. It's. I, I was really surprised by it. <laughs> I know you told me. So I, I've heard, I I've heard both movie. sides of the coin on it. I've heard some people say that it's mm-hmm. horrible. I've heard some people say that it's great. So, yeah, well, that's the way you're going to hear about everything these days. It's always going to be split down the middle, which is fine. I think that's the way it should be. But, um, so speaking of Netflix, they have released a short promo teaser for Stranger Things 4, and they promised that will release in 2022, yet no release date has been set. So, it's coming. We just have to wait until they're 35 in 2022 to see this thing <laughs> come out. You know? So, I don't know. Flash it's forward 20 uh, years. I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like Stranger Things 3 was so fucking long ago that I don't know if I have the same excitement for Stranger Things 4 like I did with Part 3. Like, I, just, I don't know. I just, I'm not as excited as I should be. When I saw that promo, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I have to wait until 2022 to see it. But, like, you know, I don't know. I think the whole thing is kind of we, ebbing away. Stranger Things. Uh, you have fandom. to remember that yes, there was a huge lull between season two to season three, and I don't know if you mm-hmm. recall, we had this conversation, you know, with all of us and the dean and everything between that Still season happening. to season three. <laughs> yeah. um, personally, I felt that that alone, you know, it dampened my feelings towards season three so much as such. I mean, I still haven't gone back and rewatched season three, but like as much as I enjoyed bits and pieces of it, I didn't love the season like I really loved season one and two. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. though, they like to take their time with this kind of stuff. But then we also had the COVID issue, um, that little thing that that happened, you know, kind of shut the entire fucking yeah. world down yeah. for a year. Um, That's true, yeah. But but I I get what you're saying with it, you know. And I guess the one cool thing that they have built in there. Is, and this is what I said last week. The fact that the show is a period piece gives them the ability to work with the ages of the, of the cast. So no matter how right. old the cast gets, they can always work with that. You know what I mean? And it's even better because they're teenagers. So now they can just, hey, we'll bring it into the 90s. So maybe the next season's 92, 93, you know, and it's going to match the kids' age based on how they were growing in the series itself. So, I mean, as long as they work it like that, I'm, I'm always going to be happy with that. I just don't know, like you said, I don't know how excited I am to actually see these characters again. Um, I don't know how, I'm, I'm sure by the time it comes out, I'm going to watch it all in like one or two days and be like, oh, stranger things, stranger things, oh, 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 like a fucking dog humping a pillow, you know, like, oh, 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 oh my God, yes. And then, you know, and then it'll be over and I'll be like, oh man, now I got to wait fucking 15 years to get the next season. Um, I feel like, I feel like it's George R. R. Martin all over again, you know what I mean? Like I'm waiting for the next Game of Thrones book. It will be dead before the fucking thing comes out. <laughs> oh, it's coming. That's right. It's coming. That's going to be super awesome. Because we wait another year, just another bit of a year until I get it off. But, yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, we'll see because I, I, I think pretty much the same thing. Once I see season four, I'm going to be like, oh, man, that was fucking tight. And now I want season five, but I'm going to have to wait another four years to, you know, to see it. And I love the fact that you brought that up, Gould, of having them transition into the 90s. Do something where they're obviously older and it makes sense. 
Don't be like, well, it's still 1988 and they're still little kids, but they're fucking 15, 16 years old. Like, you can't do that anymore. Like, we're past that. So put them in a position where they're in another decade, you know, still in Hawkins or another location, but uh, age appropriate. You know, I'd, I'd rather see that. I don't need to see the de-aging technology as they do nowadays. Make it a little younger. You know? no, well, I, we're no. starting to hit no. that time frame, too. I mean, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but, you know, you remember just a few years ago how, like, the 80s, Everybody was like, yeah, the 80s are back, man. Woo! Yeah. Um, we're at that point now, yeah. really, where the 90s are, are kind of like sliding into, into the DMs, so to speak. So, yeah. Right there, it's okay? So, it's going to be all about the early 90s all over again. So, I am uh, the return you know, of I'm pretty sure that, that that's where we'll end up going. <laughs> yeah, the return of Gadzooks, you know. But, no, I... Uh, I, I honestly am all for it if they want to bring back the 90s and, and so I bring it back in. It's just, I don't know, it, it left a bad taste in my mouth when that Netflix show came out called Everything Sucks, where it was supposed to take place in the 90s, but it was fucking a commercial for everything 90s. Like, oh, man, dude, I'm going to go play my Super Nintendo when I get home and eat a bag of Gushers and look at my stuff on watch. And like, you know, it, no, it was don't, so don't you not, Don't you Josh that show, bro. Dude, everything sucks is really good. I hated it's a shame it. that he didn't get to continue that damn show. That I was a lot it. of fun, man. Oh man, I just I couldn't get past the product placement where it was like every three seconds we got to remind you we're in the '90s. Like the story was good. I actually liked the story. It was just the product placement. Like nobody talked like that in the '90s. That's, like oh, that's dude, not true. My the '90s is so were sweet. all about product placement, bro. We lived in them though, so we didn't realize it. Think about it, bro. Seven up fucking spot. Pepsi versus Coke. You'd literally <laughs> oh, yeah. walk into the mall and there was a booth fucking with the tester yeah. saying, oh, which one do you want? And you know, what, what did you get if you got it right? You got credit so that you could use them for Michael Jackson's moonwalker up at the arcade upstairs. <laughs> Dude, the 90s, the early 90s were all about product placement. We just didn't see it because we were the fucking people they were selling the products to. So when we, that's why that's you probably true. didn't like it because the reality is, is that is us. Yeah, I just, it reminded me more of like the Wayne's World fucking bit in Wayne's World where they're all fucking wearing like, you know, they're eating Pizza Hut and they're wearing, you know, hockey gear. And like, I just don't understand it. Like, I don't understand what it is about all this stuff. And like, I would never sell out like that. that. Was like, the that's point. just the way it felt to me. Yeah, I know, but that's it's giving me, me a headache. Like, oh, you have a headache? <laughs> you should try Bayer. Little. Yellow. Different. You can wash it, <laughs> you can wash it down with a nice gold Pepsi. <laughs> Big smiles, everybody. Exactly what yeah, but the, like, the 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 plot itself was okay. I just didn't like that. But you know, we'll we'll see as far as everything else goes. Because I thought that Fear Street 1994 did a pretty good job, with the exception of the fucking music, where it felt like they were taking a break in between every scene to put a new 90s song in there, which would have been more natural, you know, the soundtrack. But you know, we'll, we'll see. It's just, it's, I'm I'm happy to see a transition from the 80s to the 90s. I think it's time in 2021 that we can make a transition from the 80s rules to, you know, the 90s is pretty fucking cool, too. Yeah, so we'll see. You know, a lot of, movies coming you, all about the hey, you just want your Ninja Turtle pudding skin. pies. <laughs> yeah, dude. Zeke Cavaricis, dude, back in the day mm-hmm. when our villains, you know what our villains used to do? They used to steal VCRs and fucking camcorders <laughs> and stuff. Just, just like the first fucking Fast and Furious movie. You know, but yeah, that's that what the Foot Clan was stealing, bro. And they were the fucking worst in the city, man. God, you couldn't walk anywhere without dealing with those ninjas. <laughs> no, you were tripping over them because all they were given was pizza and fucking video games. And fucking Sam Rockwell signed up for that real fast. Like, he just wanted to be a foot soldier because they were given pizza and video games. 
Like, who wouldn't want to be a foot soldier? Like, oh, I have to fight fucking mutant turtles? Ah, you know, it's okay. I didn't have anything going on anyway. Like, as long as I get three pizza and video games. As a 90s, we're a lot different. We just went with it. He was in a shell. Boston Nova. Chevy Nova. Go, turtles. Go, turtles. Go. Go, turtles. Go, turtles. Go. 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 We were all there for it. We all saw it happen. Vanilla Ice at his feet. Yeah. Everybody loved Toka and Razor. They were so good. Who, you know, what kid wanted to watch a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that didn't actually have any of the mutant characters from the cartoon series? No, let's invent new ones. Because we don't want to see Bebop and Rocksteady in this fucking movie. Hell no. No. We want this guy to be the same for it. They're babies. Oh, man, it's just that's such a cheesy but delightful fucking movie. I remember seeing it in the theater when I was a kid, Revenge of the Years. But um, moving away from that, uh, Secret Evil of Dead, you. the video game, has officially been giving a launch of February 2022. Uh, it was delayed, but it was also confirmed by the game developers. The reason for the delay is because they are creating a single-player option. So if you don't want to do the co-op and you don't have friends to play it with, you can play it as a single character. Great news, as far as I'm concerned, for the Evil Dead game. Delay it. Yes, obviously. Because I want to play that game. They must be listening to, to the show. They listened to us. Obviously. They, they heard the outcry Clearly. that, you know what, single player is a plus, <laughs> because otherwise the ghoul won't play it. No, just kidding. Um, no, you know what, they probably, I'm sure, I'm sure they learned. They learned from the Friday the 13th franchise, you know? Like these <laughs> multiplayer mm-hmm. games, it's, it's, if you're not Call of Duty or Battlefield, you're fighting or Halo. for people. Or, yeah, yeah, I don't even think Halo is all that much fucking to do anymore, man. Um, I think it's if you're one of those two big guys, it's pretty much where, where you're at as far as it goes. Now, I mean, obviously, listen, there are all other games out there. Um, multiplayer shooters are just not my thing. Uh, but do, do I enjoy the, the idea of them? Absolutely. You know, I, I think that I love the idea of stepping in and playing and then some 12-year-old kills me like fucking 52 times, tells me that my mom's a whore and that I'm gay, and then I don't want to play anymore, you know? It's, 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 it's all good. I feel offended. I, I want to, yeah, exactly. You know, he's sitting there like humping my character and doing like other weird shit to me that it's like, okay, man, I'm, I'm good. And he's like, hey, you're an bomb. I saw an bomb, Ed bomb. And I'm like, okay, dude, thank you. But, you know, the Friday the 13th game had the same issue. You know, they didn't put a single-player thing in with bots, so I think they ended up losing out on that for a bit, and then they finally got it. But I think by that point, all the steam was gone. So if they can roll out a single-player feature with that game from day one, I'll tell you right now, they have my money. I'll probably buy it just so that I can play the single-player, and then I'll take that fucking experience that I played single-player, I'll take it online, I'll get my ass kicked, and I won't ever play the game again. Because <laughs> that 13 year old is just taking a piss on your head right now. I'm fucking your head right now. <laughs> Fuck you, kid. I'm, gonna like, I'm a Jedi. I'm going to fly up your ass. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fly up your ass. I'm going to come out your mouth, and then I'm going to go back in your dick hole and come out your ass again. And then you're going to be double gay. And I'm going to be like, wow, that's thoughtful. When did you learn so such words? <laughs> Are you a writer? You must work for DC. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. 
Did you write the Suicide Squad fucking movie? Is that where you got out of that colorful language? Because that works for me. So, you know, you definitely dominated me, and I had my hat's off to you, sir. Enjoy that DC check. <laughs> um, I'm not so, crying. I'm not crying. I just got to go to the bed. Okay? <laughs> it sounds like you're, I'm the not part, crying. <laughs> cool gal, the girl, the kids are picking on me again. <laughs> The Google girl has absolutely no sympathy for me when it comes to this kind of stuff because, like, you know, there's certain games. I mean, obviously she has no sympathy now for me because of, of my comment earlier about, you know, women hitting a certain peak at a certain age and, you know, me. Like the, oh, the, the dummy that I am, you know, doesn't think about anything ever. Um, but she has, like, no sympathy when it comes to certain games because she knows, like, she'll come in here, she'll see me, like, playing something, and it'll be like, yep. I'll see you tomorrow. And then I'm like, you want me to stop playing, honey? And she goes, well, I mean, you don't have to. And I guess I can find something to do somewhere else at the bar. And I'll be like, oh, oh, it's like that. Okay, why don't you come in and watch another episode of Love Island with me, darling? Fuck this controller. Whip it across the room. Damn this game. This game sucks anyway, man. Get it. I mean, never playing this shit again. Hey, little 13-year-old, I'm about to get laid. I got laid by your mom last week. Oh, fuck you, man. God damn it. Yeah, that's a 13-year-old. They'd be like, oh, is that your boyfriend in the background? I'm like, nah, man. That's my, that's my fiance. Oh, you're gay. You don't have a fiance. You like to take it in the ass by big black dudes. But that his name is Tyrone. No, that's not her name at all. Shut up. I'll get her to talk to you. No, I don't want to talk to your boyfriend. Damn it, he's good. That's like PC quality. <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn, man, you're a fucking Deadpool writer here. <laughs> he works his own material. You're working but, on Ryan Reynolds' fucking movies, man? Holy crap. Did you work on Free Guy? Did you help write Free Guy? You're amazing, man. I've heard, you're I don't know. I've heard some some good things about that one, so I'm kind of kind of yeah. holding my breath on it, hoping that it'll be okay when it eventually gets to to digital platforms. Mixed bag, you know, as far as what I've heard. But um, all right, so moving on, uh, have some Nick Frost and some Peg news to talk about because the duo that have the production company stolen picture, Nick Frost is writing a script called Svalta, which is going to be a slasher film. That's soon Shavata? to be released to be Savalta, which is an island. That's why they call Shavata. it that way because the you know what Savalta means, right? In Yiddish. Yes. Svalta, well, don't, look don't it up. Say. I don't have time. You have Google. <laughs> you can look it up. But anyway, but anyway, the film will focus on a family taking a nice summer vacation at the remote island of Svalta. Unfortunately for them, a serial killer also happens to be on the loose, and the locals apparently really just don't have much interest in helping the family survive the night. So that's what kind of got me. It's going to be the locals going, fuck you, man. Like, you caused this. You fucking figured it out. <laughs> you know? And, of course, it's like, a, like American World in London. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's going to be fucking great. Like, I just, I'm looking forward to it uh, because I, I appreciate Simon Pegg and Nick Frost writing. So when I found out they're writing it, but I don't know if they're going to be starring in it. All I know is that they're, they're writing it. So stay tuned for more details on, on that one. Um, and as we know, as we talked about on the show before, Phasm Events is a great uh, thing. If you want to see old movies on the big screen in today's world, 
Uh, like I went to go see Ghostbusters and the original Halloween a couple of years ago through a Fathom event. Uh, but this year, on October 10th and 11th, the original Scream is heading back to theaters. So you'll be able to see the 1996 slasher with general public tickets going on sale on August 20th. You can check it out at fathomevents.com slash Scream 25th anniversary for further details. I definitely want to do this only because I remember back in the day I couldn't go to see Scream when it was in theaters. My fucking brother, who hates horror movies in every way, shape, and form, went to go see it and then bragged about it for a solid week. Like, I'm talking about <laughs> me waking up in the morning. And, like, you know, me waking up in the morning, like, hello, world, I'm ready to go to school. I saw Scream and you did, bang. And I'm like, damn it. Like, you know, I was like, why are you in my bedroom right now? And he's like, ah, oh, man, you want me to tell you how it ends? I'm like, no, shut up, shut up. I was like, yeah, just get out of my room. You know, I'd be going to eat breakfast. I saw a scream and you didn't. Oh, man, when that guy fucking got his head cut, I'm like, shut up, dude, shut up. Yeah, for a fucking solid week. It was just a living hell with him laughing and cracking up and trying to give me plot fucking points for that fucking movie. I was like, just shut up, man. I'm you know, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see the gift I saw it first, and I don't even like horror movies. <laughs> like, uh, shut up. Like, you know, just leave me alone. You know, man, I just, you know it's, it's just, it amazes me, right? It really does. That, like, with each and every future interaction I have with your brother, I just get a deeper <laughs> and deeper appreciation of the comic genius that is involved with Matty G. It's, he's a funny yeah. fucker, man, and I never, ever knew that. No, you know, he definitely has his moments. I mean, don't give it to him too much, though, because back in the day, he swore to God that he was going to be on SNL. He thought he was that caliber of funny that he was just going to go on SNL. They're going to be like, hell yeah, and they're going to sign him, and that never happened. So as, as much as I do appreciate my brother's humor at times, man, you don't give him too much Stephen credit. He's going to walk around with a fucking... He's just going to walk around with his fucking boner out going, hey, you think I'm funny, huh? Uh, what do you think about this? And he's like, no, nah, no, you're, you're trying too hard now. See, it's not uh, <laughs> Yeah. No, he doesn't. I, you know what, though? That's, that's with certain people. You know, one of, one of my kids is like that. Whenever she tries to be funny, mm-hmm. it just it, it often falls flat. But when it just is her in her just natural way, and, like, she'll say something or do something, oh, man, mm-hmm. can it be really fucking hilarious you know like some some people are just in that in that way but uh yeah yeah um but see so that was the thing is that 96 that was the first year that i snuck into a movie and that was to see halloween six i know i'm not talking about the quality of the movie i'm just talking about the fact that i snuck in and got to see it which was fucking badass but the following year 97 when scream 2 came out my mother told my brother to take me because he fucked me over the first time the year before with the first scream so I went to go see it with him, and he spent the majority of the movie with his head between his legs, asking me if the killing was over yet. And I'm fucking cracking up. So I made sure to tell his girlfriend often, often, about how much of a pussy he was during that movie. I was like, yeah, I know you think that your boyfriend's all this, like, sporty guy, and he's awesome and showed that, but, yeah, he spent an hour and a half movie with his hands between his legs. Is it over yet? And I could have sworn I heard him crying a little bit. So, yeah, that's your boyfriend. Deal with that. Meanwhile, I watched the entire fucking thing, mm-hmm. and I'd do it again. What's up? King watched the entire thing. He had his dick in his hand the whole time. Rock. Oh, I was just cranking Rock it. Hard, man. The entire like, time. Yo, Randy's dying right now. Randy's dying. Oh, man. I was like, oh, no. Hey, the scene's over. And he would look up, and there'd be Randy's fucking dead body. He'd be like, oh, shit. I was like, nothing, man. It's not even really good blood. I've seen better. <laughs> okay. uh, you know what? Yeah. Again, I... 
I, I love, obviously, I love the Scream series, you know, saw all of them mm-hmm. in the theater except for three, I believe it was. No, you know what, I think I skipped on four as well because by then I was kind of, like, well over it. Um, so, yes, you know what, I saw the first two Scream movies in the theater and not the second two. Uh, so, so, oh, we're about 50, 50 right so anyway, though, you know, I remember, like, like I remember Scream 2, like, vividly and particularly. Yeah. The mm-hmm. one thing that I just always, always felt that they did wrong with Scream 2 was allowing David Arquette to live. Because his death yeah. scene yeah. that happened yeah. in Scream 2 was so effective. Like, I remember and watching brutal. that happen, and you got the glass separating yeah. him and Gale, and it was like... Mm-hmm oh, shit, they killed this character. Look how fucking good it was done. Like, there was, like, emotion behind it. You kind of had feelings for it, especially if you're back then, because, you know, we're, we were all caught up in this whole fucking, you know, this whole fucking world of Scream. Um, so, yeah, for him to survive it was a good that, scene. feeling out on the damn thing at the end, I, dude, it was, like, probably the one thing that I, like, walked away. Like, you know, that movie was bullshit, all because they ruined that one kill. Yeah, it became the gag of the movie, though. Like, no matter how brutally fucking Dewey is attacked, where he could just be a fucking eviscerated, he's going to show up in the next scene with a thumbs up, going, I'm all right, though. I'm all right, though. Like, no. you know, it's like the gag of the movie. No matter how, you could fucking cut off his head, and he'd be like, I stitched it back on, y'all. Like, it's fine. I'm still Dewey. You guys hey, still okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, Dewey's giving you some thumbs up. That means he's okay. <laughs> Of course yeah, he is. No. His thumb has been disconnected from his fucking hand. It's sitting over there with the <laughs> uh, Yeah, the way he got dispatched in Scream 2, I was like, he's fucking definitely dead. So we just took care of Randy and Dewey in the same movie. Whereas Randy stayed dead. Dewey's like, hey, like, oh. <laughs> come on. I can be killed. Like, he should be the killer in the next one because you can't take him out. No matter how hard you fucking stab him, he's just going to be like, no, it's fine. I have no spine anymore. It's been severed so much, but it's all right. Like I'm still cool. I'm still the sheriff of this town. And he's really limber now. <laughs> I just I need constant blood transfusions, and it's very painful. I do it three times a week. But hey, I'm a character favorite. Like everybody loves me. The Do Man. Hey, like the fine he is in the first one. <laughs> so real quick to piggyback on your Fathom Events thing. <laughs> Sorry, just to, just to piggyback real quick on that, because there is the trailer, yeah. one trailer I do want to definitely talk about tonight. But just to piggyback yeah, on that battle events real quick, man, um, just uh, check out right around, like there's, there's a lot of theaters right now, a lot of places doing it, but like I know like Mahoning's got a whole bunch of things coming up, the Mahoning Drive-In, the Camp Blood Weekend, they've extended it by a day, so they're actually going to do a special uh, screening of Friday the 13th Part Two on Thursday night, including with the camp out and stuff, and then the rest of the weekend is Camp Blood Seven. Um, so it's the seventh iteration of this, you know, this camp-filled horror weekend, which we've been to in the past. Um, you know, that's where I got to see Friday Thirteen Part One, like on the big screen. Fantastic mm-hmm. weekend. Mahoney puts on a great fucking a great event for this. So their tickets they do go quick. So if you are interested, if you're in the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area, or you just want to go take a ride from wherever, you know, the Mahoning drive-in has been saved. But that weekend is coming up, Labor Day weekend, and, man, is that a fucking fun time. We're going away somewhere else that weekend, so, unfortunately, we can't attend. But uh, if we weren't going away, that is definitely where I'd be going. That definitely sounds like a fun time. I know that they have an upcoming Rage Cage marathon. That's the cool pointed out to me where I was like, fuck, man, if I was in that area, I would still be down. 
for like a million Nicholas Cage features. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, I guess something else fell through for that weekend, so instead they plugged in uh, some some Nicholas Cage films instead. I think you got like romantic movies on Friday night, and then just uh, a little bit of action action Nicholas Cage on uh, Saturday night. The so. Cage. Rage, rage Cage. cage. And rage. speaking yeah. of Rage Cage, that is absolutely the trailer I want to talk about. Yep. Yep. President I agree. Ghostland. <laughs> Fucking hardcore. Yeah, cool. What did you think about it? Oh, I think you should tell everybody what it is. Tell them. Tell the world. What's the name well, of the movie? Prisoners of the Ghostland. Uh, Prisoners of the Ghostland, you know, is a, a movie that features Nicholas Cage, who is brought into a situation a la Snake Puskin and Escape from New York and L.A., where there's a, a man of this town played by Bill Mosley who wants Nicholas Cage to go into this ghost land to save his daughter. But as a little bit of a stipulation, he's attached bombs to every part of Nicholas Cage's body, which is attached to a leather suit. And it just fucks and looks so good, you know, and it's just Nicholas Cage and insane deaths, insane fights, everything that you could possibly expect out of it. It's like, you know, a, a hallucinogenic version of Escape from New York in L.A. So I am fucking so down. So, yeah, cool. What did you think about that trailer? Dude, you threw those two trailers up, okay? I know the one was animated Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. I'm good on that. You know what? I've seen... Yeah, I've seen uh, there's, nothing's ever going to beat the original Night of the Living Dead. Okay? Yeah. You can fucking animate it if you want. It's literally the same movie, just a cartoon version of it. You know what's happening. That's all. Dude... This Nicolas Cage movie, bro, like, I sat there watching that trailer, and my jaw just went down a little more, and a little more, and a little more. It's like, it's like a samurai yeah, movie mixed with a little bit of yeah. Mad Max, mixed with fucking, like, the psychedelic shit that was going on, and, like, Mandy, and all kinds of nutty stuff, man. I mean, when he says he's got bombs on his suit, the guy's got them on his arms, he's got them on his neck, yep. he's got them on his balls. He's got bombs on his yeah, balls, balls. <laughs> and these bombs supposedly, I guess, could be detonated individually. It looks like mm-hmm. it is going to be a fun, wild, exciting ride. This is the type of movie, you know, like I say all the time, like uh, the Dean was messaging me last night because we were just going back and forth. We were talking about the uh, Bill and Ted, Save the World, Face the World, whatever it is, Face the Music. Save the Music. Um, yeah. Face the Music. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we both kind of felt underwhelmed with that film and you know one of the main reasons for that is is Keanu Reeves' performance kind of fell flat with that because he just doesn't feel like the Ted character anymore and like I told you Keanu is kind of like at the same point now I feel like as Nicolas Cage is where you're getting the same performance in every movie it's a matter of whether or not that character fits in your movie you know, that, that's all it is. You know, if your, if your movie was designed around a character that's going to be, you know, he could be a little wild and crazy and intense when he needs to be, Nicolas Cage is going to kind of fit that because he can do all of those things because that's just the fucking mm-hmm. personality that he's become. If your movie is, you know, something that's going to fit Neo from The Matrix, well, guess what? Put Keanu Reeves in it because he's been playing Neo since the 90s. You know, even John Wick. I love the John Wick movies. I do. But it's really The Matrix using modern-day setting and weapons. And that's all it is. He's just an unstoppable badass. He's always mad at people. They fucking killed his dog. Um, you know, it's everybody else that, that does the performance in that film. He just has to kill people. That's all he does. Um, 
So, so yeah, I feel like this is the perfect fit for Cage. I love seeing Mosley in this. I, I love everything about yeah. this trailer. It looks so much fun. That may be something I know that it says in, I don't know, what is it, theaters and digital in September yeah. next month, yep. September 17th. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that could be something that pulls me in. But I think, like I told you earlier, King, I think actually my next uh, theatrical, well, my first theatrical since the pandemic is going to end up being Shang-Chi because it's not going to have a premiere yeah. access, yep. which is... Part of why all the people are saying that, uh, you know, freaking uh, what's-her-face got the shaft with the black, Scarlet got the shaft because, you know, they're not doing it to the men, they're only doing it to the women. But, you know, Shang-Chi also didn't have a fucking year delay in its release, so, you know, I I just bought Black Widow, too. You know what, I spent another 30 bucks to buy it digitally, so, you know, they've gotten my money multiple times in this, for this movie. I hope she got paid. There you have it. Uh, Monkey, did you get a chance to watch the trailer or no? Fuck yeah, I got a chance to watch the trailer. I watched it three times. What did you think about it? Yeah, yeah. it's just everything like the ghoul was saying, man. It's like I I was upset because all I had was this trailer. Like, I wanted more. I wanted wanted to go into this fucking world, man. You know, (laughs) again, you know, fucking samurais, you know, Mad Max shit, like saying, you know, weird dystopian shit. You know, throw throw me the fuck in there, man. That's my fucking jam. You know, that's how. And then you throw Nicolas Cage in there. You know, we don't. You know, we don't know when we're gonna have Cool Cage. We don't know when we're gonna have Rage Cage. You know, but we're definitely. But the trailer showed that we're definitely gonna get both. We just don't know when and how often. You know, so I'm just excited by this ride that they're showing us, and it's just again, just it's like a great casting for Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I completely agree. And just that whole that thing at the end. I am radioactive. I was like, it's fucking Ice Cage. We're getting it. <laughs> We're going to get fucking Ice Cage. I just love that we see a mushroom cloud in the background, like right after that happens, too. I said that live, and they're doing like these, these Hiroshima, Nagasaki esque freaking explosive. Like, you know, and it's almost like that, uh, that grainy like 70s like exploitation film yeah. like look to the screen when those bombs were going off so I'm like yeah man they're gonna have fun with this movie I can't wait yeah as soon as it comes on digital I'm gonna get it but alright with that said Monkey tonight is your pick The Bride of Frankenstein from 1935 directed by James Whale take us away alright yep like you said you know that, uh, excuse me Bride of Frankenstein this is the continuing story of a quack who's gone to the dogs. Wait, no, that's the Muppet Show. Um, but this is the continuing story of Dr. Frankenstein, a lone man with a mad vision who defied God in the heavens and created a monster among men. Having seen the error of his ways and how it defied God's plan, the dude is now just trying to get laid on his wedding night. But evil still lurks in the shadows, and evil is one hell of a cock blocker. The dude can't get fucking laid. For the temptation for creation of the dam slinks once more out of the shadows and lures Dr. Frankenstein into trying to create life once again. Yeah. So, again, I chose this movie because, like I said, I wanted the ghoul to complete his Universal Monsters (laughs) trading card checklist. You know, so... (laughs) <laughs> there's that as for me like I love this movie of course it's considered a classic you know this this movie you know is of course a sequel to another classic and because of that you always gotta go bigger you gotta go better with the sequel um but I do feel that there are times when this film is a bit all over the place with too many stories within the story 
But I also mm-hmm. felt that the newly added character, doctor or professor, depending on the scene, Pretorius, <laughs> was bloody brilliant, and I enjoyed every scene that he was in. So, that's me. All right. Cool. Cool. What did you think about the this, this, this is the big one, man, because I picked this for you, because this was the missing link for the universal. <laughs> oh, what man. What did you think, baby? <laughs> oh, well, you're making me nervous. Hold on. You know, like, let me go to the bathroom real quick. quick. No, oh, no, no, no. He really, he's got shy. <laughs> oh, oh, cool. oh sucks, guys. Uh, listen, this was, uh, you know, again, this is one that, you know, a couple of years ago, I ended up getting, like, a, they had some kind of digital pack on, on Xbox um, that had all the classics in it. Dracula, Frankenstein, Briar the Frankenstein, um, I think uh, The Wolfman, and, and one of the other movies. I forget what it was. I have, you know, like, whereas I've seen Frankenstein, I've seen Dracula, like, Bride of Frankenstein is always one of those films that's just always kind of, like, slipped out of, like, my way. It's like, oh, I'm going to watch this, and then I don't. And then I was going to watch it, and then I was like, hey, like, even lately, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll watch it finally. And then I'm always like, ah, you know what, I'm going to wait for it for the show. I'll I'll pick it as one of my picks one of these days. So instead, though, Monkey has done that for me, and, and as such, by picking it, I finally have gotten to watch this for the first time. Uh, I... You know what? I like these movies. You know, these are the films that I grew up watching on, like, Channel 11 early in the morning. Um, you know, normally right, rolled around on Sundays by, like, 11 o'clock or so, WPIX. You know, you had your afternoon movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, like, you know, late yep, morning movie. Theater. And then they had the afternoon movie, and they do, like, one right after the other. So, this film in particular, though, what struck me that I didn't expect was the... How do you say it? There was an edge of comedy to this film yeah, that I wasn't expecting. And that, I think, did throw me off a little bit. So whereas I enjoy the original Frankenstein and I enjoy everything about that story, I enjoy everything that I've seen and, you know, from, from what I've read in the book versus also what I've seen in 1931's Frankenstein, you know, like I, I enjoyed some of the dark things that I saw in here, and there are also things in this that I obviously have seen because I saw 1994's Frankenstein, which, which married the two. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But the comedy aspect I wasn't expecting, so that kind of threw me off a little bit. Uh, not saying I didn't like it, but it's almost like the film is constantly fighting itself with two tones that it's trying to establish. And the tone that I found myself being more attracted to were the darker themes, were the horror-based themes, you know, were the questions of, you know, what is man? What are we actually supposed to be trying to attain as human beings here on this earth? Uh, that attracted me more than the comedic aspects of, like, let's say, mini Okay, running around, screaming, and throwing out all her little dramatic, you know, quotations here and there that I just wanted to, like, I, I wanted the monster just to kill her. Like, it's just a shame that he didn't take her and throw her down that goddamn well, too, you know? Um, but again, that's, that's, <laughs> listen, it's a classic, it's beloved, and the things that they did, you know, as far as, like, sequels go, you know, you see that they spent more money on the sets, they got more people, they've made the world a little bit bigger, and made it feel a little more alive than what they were able to do with the original Frankenstein just four years earlier than this. So, you know, so I, I yeah, I enjoyed it. So thank you, Monkey, very much. It's bright of fucking Frankenstein, people. Cool. It's, a, it's a classic and definitely something to be seen. <laughs> All right, King. 
Yeah, um, you know, as, as uh, the monkey knows, I'm not a big fan of The Bride of Frankenstein. I'm, I'm not. Um, to, to say it's not a good movie is untrue because I do think it's a good, a good movie. Um, it's serviceable for what it, what it does. It's just I prefer the 1931 Frankenstein. I just always have. I just I thought that the, the, obviously the makeup had to change for Bride because they wanted Karloff to talk in this one, which I found was okay, and, and we'll get to it when we get there. But um, it, it just it didn't really hit me in a lot of ways because the Bride always gets this certain reverence as a universal monster. And she's only in the movie for three minutes, and then she's gone. So we're not really given too much of the bride herself until the end, and that's when, you know, the third act plays out. But, and that's why I always was confused. I was like, why is everybody dressing up like her and, and just getting, putting her on uh, pint glasses and T-shirts? And she's not really a character, really. I mean, she's kind of a, a throwaway. It's everything else that leads up to it that's the bigger story. Um, continuing with Frankenstein's monster being this tragic character. You know, just, just not really having a place in this world where the people want him dead because he's an abomination, but he doesn't really know why he exists. Just he knows. And, yeah, he becomes a little bit of a horny bastard towards the end. When he learns to talk, then all of a sudden he can't shut up. You know, he, just, he can't stop talking. Like once he learns, he knows words. Oh, no, he can't stop this creature from telling you what he wants. Like he wants a mate. He wants it now. My dick is hard. So let us get this creature. Like, I mean, it's just, you know. Yeah, but, and yeah. it's like, uh, but, um, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, were you done, King, or no? Yeah, I'm done, because I'm going to continue, like, as we talk, so it'll be fun. Yeah, good. Okay, um, but yeah, a, a lot of what was going on here was the problem that, you know, Carla Jr., you know, went ahead and gave Whale pretty much carte blanche here on the movie, you know, and was, because um, Whale also worked on the, the Invisible Man, you know, and he did, you know, crazy mad special effects on that, but... At the same time, they were using the same kind of effects on Three Stooges kind of shit, you know, <laughs> at the time. But, you know, he gave Whale just, you know, pretty much creative freedom here, you know, to do it. Mm, he, that's, not, he, they, they, that's not true. They, it's false. He what? didn't. He left. He went on vacation. And Whale just went ahead. Yeah. Lamel Jr., he wanted a more serious film. And he went on vacation, and Whale just went ahead and filmed the movie. So he could do whatever he wanted because Lamel was on vacation. So he wasn't there to say what to do. So, yeah, he didn't give him the carte blanche at all. No, he had an idea what he wanted to do, but he ended up going on vacation. So Will's like, we're doing it. We're making the movie. And they're like, well, the producer's not here. Like, that's fine. He gave us the money. So we're making this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the they, 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 but they worked over years here because they, they because it was given to Whale that he was going to have creative control over part of the script. So they kept giving treatments to him like like shortly after 1931, after Frankenstein was done. They oh, wanted yeah. to keep they making these movies. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm just saying, man, is they were just... Like, mm-hmm. a- after they did this one, they-, they were shooting the scripts to him all the fucking time, and it was up to him whether or not he was liking them and shooting them down. You know, and he, re- he refused lots of scripts over the years, man. Oh, tons of and Massive amounts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then another big problem with this was, you know, the, the ghoul was saying here is Whale started doing some of his own writing with these scripts as well and started throwing yes, his own shit in there. <laughs> and that's when we started getting the really bad comedy in there because, you know, he thought this was pretty much a shit project anyway. He didn't want to fucking do it, you know? <laughs> nope, and, not at all. Yeah, he was done. You know, so... 
yeah, so he was like, well, screw this then. We're not, we're not going to try and make it serious. We're going to sit there and just go off the rails and j- just, you know, go silly with it, you know, pretty much like they did with Gremlins and Gremlins 2. You know, who not making the sequel nearly as serious as the first one. Yeah, because you've run into the same problem that John Carpenter had in Halloween 2, where he did Halloween, and he goes, the story's over, guys. Like, it's done. There's, there's nothing left. But uh, they're going to give us money, so we're going to make another one. So he wrote that script, and he kind of made it a little bit over the top and a little bit, you know, silly. And, and you know, he just delivered the script, and they made it, despite him not wanting to. So I just I love the, the parallels, though, between Bride and Halloween 2. You know, there's, just, there's so many of them, especially because Bride takes oh, yeah. place immediately after the ending of the first one. Because you get that weird transition of last time on Frankenstein, and then you get the cut from like everything that happened. <laughs> so you don't need to see the first one. This is what happens. Uh, anyway, we're all caught up now. Okay, so we're going to go into the you know the whole thing of uh, at you know the um, at the tower where he fell, and he's in the water. We don't know. He's struggling to get out. So it's just a weird kind of peril that I did like, where especially thinking about Halloween Kills when Frankenstein reaches, Frankenstein's monster reaches his hand to grab the woman whose husband he had just killed. It was such a great shot where I'm like, oh, man, Halloween Kills also copied it. Because there's the exact same <laughs> shot in the Halloween Kills trailer where the hand's shooting out of the fire. It just goes to show you, though, you know, like when people want to turn around and say, oh, you know, movie studios back in the day, they used to have integrity. And they didn't just make movies to make money. Nah, man. No, they no, made they movies did. to make money. Mm-hmm. They, they liked money. Okay? Just... It's what the world works on. It's just it's a fact of life, man. And, yeah, that, that's why you're going to get a sequel like this, you know? I mean, obviously, yeah. look, they, they had something. You know, the movies were becoming something. You know, they were new, and mm-hmm. these were huge hits, you know, in their time. Um, you know, I know, I, I know a lot of the things that were, have been spoken about, specifically with, with Bride and <laughs> Frankenstein, is that there's a lot of, yeah. uh, a lot of homosexual subtext threaded throughout the film. Um, and, oh, you know, Jerry Whale was a, an openly gay actor. Um, As you know, some, a, a good amount of the actors within the movie are, are either, you know, gay or bi. Um, you, know, I, you know me, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever it is, it is. No. <laughs> the vote, man. Just, just don't do anything true. illegal and you're good. Um, you know, so... So I kind of feel like it's just it's funny because as you say, this parallels like Halloween 2. In a lot of ways, this also parallels Nightmare on Elm Street 2, um, in which, you know, a lot of people feel like, you know, because of that film being run the way it was, that there's all these, these homosexual overtones within it. And, you know, I know in the case of this, uh, one, of, one of the people that was close with James Wales said, like, anything that might, might have come across that way was not done purposefully in any way um and i loved the way they the, that the guy spoke it because he said he goes first and foremost he was an artist not a gay artist so it's not like he purposefully made it this way no. just like anything Absolutely you know not, when, when you're creating something and monkey as you're an artist so you know this when you're creating something you're putting a little bit of yourself into it so anything that gets put into it is just what's in you it's how you're seeing that vision it's how you're envisioning it um and that, and that, I feel like, is done there. Because, yeah, there are little things here and there that I could see where somebody could pick that apart and be like, oh, yeah, I totally see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, first and foremost, though, for me, and the one thing that kind of, like, it's just surprising, because you know me, I don't ever read up on any of these things until after I watch the movie. But throughout this whole mm-hmm. film, every time I'm seeing Pretorius on screen, all I want to see is Alan Cummings in that row. That is the only thing I want to see. I want to see Alan Cummings play 
Dr. Pretorius in something because I think that would be do it. absolutely <clears throat> fucking brilliant. Yeah, I wouldn't mind saying that. Yeah, I'd be all for it. Um, and there is a, a movie from 1998 called Gods and Monsters. I don't know if you guys have even heard of it, but Ian McKellen yeah. playing James Whale in his final days. Excellent movie. If you want to like take an examination, it's a little bit fictionalized, but if you want to take an examination of James Whale in his dying days, uh, Gods and Monsters from 1998 is, is fantastic. But back to Bride, after we get our, our cut back to the first one, we have Henry Frankenstein found alive, and he's going back to his house. Uh, and like the monkey said, he just wants to get laid. But I just love Colin Clive because in every fucking scene, he just fucking eats those fucking lines. Oh, why are you doing this to me? Why? Like, you know, just that <laughs> wild, frenzied. Like, it's never really calm. It's never really like, well, we'll figure it out, or maybe we should just go. He's, why are you doing this to me, Pretorius? Like, you know, like it's just always <laughs> – you know, he becomes like a, almost a god in the first one, and then now he's just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to get my dick sucked a little bit. <laughs> I don't want. I don't care about you anymore. Can I just still get laid? This yeah. is that additional tone, though, because they're really transforming the character here. You know, they're taking him from kind of being the villain in the first movie. You know, ultimately, you know, with him trying to become God and, and therefore creating this monstrosity in, in the mix, um, they're making him the victim in this movie. You know, we're yeah. supposed to sympathize yeah. with him now and we're supposed to want him to, to, to live, you know, and, and be fruitful and multiply. And I, I, do, well, yeah. I do feel that a lot. Yeah. Go ahead, monkey. Oh, no, I was going to say the same thing of exactly is, you know, he'd seen the error of his ways, especially with the help of his wife, just, just wants to suck his dick, like you said. They, want, they just want to go on holiday here, you know, and he's like, yeah, I've seen the error of my ways. You know, it's bad, you know, to sit there and go against God's will. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, but what if? And she's like, nope, nope. Sucky, sucky. He's like, oh, yes, you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> making, making monsters is bad. <laughs> just, just let me take my pants off here. Oh, Mr. McCoy is at the door. Baron Frankenstein. Damn it. So close. Her mouth is just on it. It was just almost there. Can you tell me? Give me just 30 yeah. seconds. That's all I need. Yeah, especially especially on that huge ass pimp fucking bed that he had, like you know, just, oh, just huge ass bed that was just like made for like you know you know like you know Paisley Park style fucking man. That's how big that <laughs> yeah. fucking bed was. Ten people could fit in that bed, <laughs> and it was just him and his wife who who had the whole scene with I foresee death, and it's like man, never went back to that again. He's like, oh man, she's crazy, yeah. so you know she's gonna be good in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because I was watching was this, uh, Ian as well, and he was like, "Oh, she's she's fucking nuts too, huh?" He's like, "Oh yeah, they're they're, they're both fucking messed up. What a great couple this is." Now now she's fucking seeing shit in the corners of the room, and Frankenstein's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I see it too. How about we get back to what we were doing?" <laughs> it's called this dick. That's what you're saying, and you just made him really excited. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we do get Septimus Pretorius who takes uh, Baron Frankenstein to his own laboratory where he's done his own research and he's doing his own thing with homunculi, which to me, I'm sorry, is way more fucking impressive than stitching a couple pieces of fucking dead meat together and making yourself a creature. Like, these homunculi are intelligent and they have personalities. I was like, dude, that's impressive. What what are you talking about? Well, Baron Frankenstein, well, you made yours out of dead flesh. But you got homunculi. It's like he jerked off into a test tube and look at all these things I created with my cum. (laughs) You fucking grew people, bro. You grew people. 
<laughs> that is way more impressive than a, a big ass monster going like you know for fucking half the movie until he learns to talk. Like I'm sorry, he grew people with personalities. The king wanted to fuck the queen, so they're horny things. <laughs> he's fucking so horny he's climbing out of the fucking test tube, man. But like this gets This is one of those things Like I said Like the movie It plays weird Because like This gets introduced And dropped Like this never comes up again We we never see them again There's never mention of them again The only other thing We ever hear That Dr. Pretorius does Is he grew the brain And he grew the brain Using whatever means That he used to grow These little People, I mean, come on, man. That's a movie all in itself. Fucking Dr. Pretorius and the little people. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it was funny. Never brought up again. Never mentioned again. Like Baron Frankenstein wasn't like, yeah, but what about your homunculi? Like, never mind. We have to make a mate for your monster <laughs> who we're going to eventually find. So we have the brain. We just need the parts. I love the fact that Dwight Fry shows up in this movie again, you know, playing Carl, where we know him as Renfield and, and Dracula. He's also in the first uh, uh, Frankenstein movie. It's, uh, um, it's Fritz. Igor. So, good to see oh, yeah, Fritz. Igor, Fritz. Right. Yeah. yeah, Fritz, not Igor. <laughs> but it was just so great to see him show up in this movie. It's basically the same characters all molded into one. Uh, you know, acting opposite his, his uh, cohort to find the body parts. But um, the thing is that you have Karloff doing such a great job just wandering around, and he just wants friends, but nobody wants him because he's a creature. So he doesn't really kill people so much as he just picks them up and throws them. And that's it. And that's supposed to be death, you know, especially for 35. Like, he's just throwing bodies in this movie. Like, anytime they're like, oh, there's the creature. And he's like, Argh! and then throws him. And they're like, oh, no, you killed my friend. It's like, no, he just kind of got thrown, like, two feet that way. He's fine. Just dust him off, take <laughs> him like off. That, he's yeah. like that uncle that you loved until you got hurt, like, that one time he talked to you, you know? <laughs> and then you're like, dude, you know? I hope he doesn't fucking pick me up again. <laughs> the, the one uncle that was always awesome at doing wrestling moves until he fucks up that one move and dislocates your arm that oh, one yeah. time. And mm-hmm. Your mom's like, he, he's, 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 mom. he's never allowed back over here. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't have that much to drink. Damn. He's fine. Look at him. Let me show you how the figure four really works. Uh, that's my cousin, man, the poor kid. You know, he was like, he's a couple years like younger than me, so he's obviously like a little smaller, a little skinnier. He was now, now he probably beat my ass a little tough faster. But uh, you know, like back then, I'd be like, you know, we do like wrestling moves, this and that. And I'd be like, here, let me show you how the sleeper hold really works. Here, want to see why? Oh, you think wrestling's fake? Here, watch this, dude. This is a figure four leg lock. And I'd put him in that seat and start crying, and I'd get yelled at by his mom. <laughs> Shut up! You're gonna get in trouble. Quiet, quiet. I felt bad. I remember one time, man. Like, like we would go to Great Adventure, and it's like, what, like you know, there's those things that you look back on now as like an adult every now and again, and like you, you kind of like regret them, right? I remember when they had that. Uh, I guess it was after the Batman and Robin movie had come out because it was Batman and Robin the Chiller. It was basically lightning loops, two roller coasters side by side that did the exact same thing. One was red, one was blue. Um, We were waiting in line for it, and he was, like, scared shitless. 
And, like, I, like you know, and he was still waiting in line with me, but, like, I could see he was, like, having second thoughts and not wanting to do it. And I'm like, come on, you pussy, you know, you're totally going to do it or whatever. But he's, like, sitting there, and he was, like, crying a little bit and everything. So, of course, he was, like, getting sympathy from, like, other people, like, around us. And, like, that was just, like, pissing me off even more because I'm like, you know, fuck, man, this little fucking whiny bastard, he's going to get us in trouble, you know? And, like, I just remember, like, kind of, like, being so mad, like, I would, like, like, I'd fucking punch him for it, you know what I mean? Like, stop being such a wuss, you know? And, like, I'd fucking, like, wail on him a little bit. And it's like, now, like, I look back on it, and I'm like, wow, man, I was a real dickhead to do that to the poor kid. I don't even think we ended up getting on the ride. I think he ended up, like, fucking basically having, like, a breakdown, like, just as we got up to the ramp and, like, ready to go on it. And, like, he totally, like, melted down and, like, freaked out, man, and fucking bolted. Oh, damn. That's terrible. But anyway, um, so... The creature is eventually captured by the people from town, and he's very briefly captured. Uh, once they strap him down and chain him to a chair, he immediately just breaks out. Because obviously this has no effect. And like, oh, shit. And song? It's the funniest part of the movie. For me, I get a huge laugh out of it. As soon as they chain him, they're like, oh, it's fine. Hey, the Burgle Master said it's fine. We can all go home. Everybody just shut up and go home. Two seconds later, he's bursting out of the prison. And it's like, oh, damn it. Damn it, he's out again. Oh, no. <laughs> the Burgomaster's on it again. We're gonna have to go. It was your it. it was your job to chain up the dog tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's out there somewhere. We can't find him. Eventually, the creature finds his way to a blind man who is adept at playing the violin, and this works because he's blind, so he can't really see what the monster looks like. All he knows is that he can't talk. So he eventually feeds him soup, helps him recover, and this is where he learns how to talk. You know, food. Yeah, just like oh, Dennis, you know? Yeah, no, she was <laughs> fine. Yeah, but he taught her hot and cold, yeah. red and blue. Um. Yeah. yeah, that's the Helen Keller story. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just the whole bit of him, you know, having to, to you know, do the smoke. The fire bad. No, no, smoke good. Oh, smoke good. So, again, <laughs> oh, the part where you can... Oh, no, no, but, no, but the smoke good. Fuck, even fuck even Ian was... <laughs> Even Ian was going, oh, he, <laughs> Ian was going, man, he's hitting that blunt hard. That's why he could talk suddenly, man. He got so high <laughs> that he learned English. You know, that dude was all suddenly. Like, yeah, man. What's up, everybody? I need a wife. I need a woman. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, meanwhile, get the blind up. man... <laughs> Meanwhile, the blind hermit's going, it's puff, puff, pass, motherfucker. <laughs> well, he, had his own, he had his own Dutchie. Yeah, he had his own joint, so he was fine with him taking the other one. He was, like, he was, he was he growing in the back, you know what I mean? He had a big fucking field <laughs> yeah. back there. Boy. Like, dude was blind, man, but he could smell. These are like those those moments that like, you know, you kind of like want to find it touching, but at the same time, the way Karloff is playing it, it kind of is coming off as comical. And, you know, yeah, like you yeah. said earlier, too, like the, 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 the makeup, all that has changed because they want to change the ability to speak and, and communicate and yeah. everything. And I just don't find it as effective. Like, I like no. the no. monstrous look of that original film. Like, I liked it. Like, it, as mm-hmm. bad as it was due to the limitations of what they could do, I just enjoyed how, like, just dark and, like, like just, yeah, I just did. I didn't want the monster talking. Like, so when he, like, when he was just, like, guttural with just a couple of words here and there, I was like, okay with it. I was like, okay, food, 
good, bad. I can deal with that. But when the dude's like, smoke, smoke, good, good smoke, it was like, oh, man, they're really going to fucking do this. And then, you know, after he leaves the place where he's only one wording it, you know, the next time you see him <laughs> and he's in the catacomb, okay, that there's a graveyard where apparently under mm-hmm. the graveyard they don't just bury bodies. No, they put a huge nope. cavern. For everybody, dead, you know, for everybody that's dead in town, and then he's like, he's coming up on Pretorius, and he's like, "Yo, my man, what's up? Yo, you, yo, you, you got a smoke, dude? Like, yo, I'm feeling it right now, man. I need, I need a blunt. Dude, this dude's chasing me down. I'm having some problems. You know, I know it'll really ease my pain, dude. I'll suck your dick. Um, you know, so, so like that kind of thing just threw me off because I really wasn't expecting to see it. And now I know, you know, we saw Frankenstein talk in '94's movie. So it didn't mm-hmm. surprise me entirely, but it wasn't something that I wanted either in this movie. No, and in, in the book, he's much more intelligent. He's, he's way smarter mm-hmm. than the, the movies made him seem. He can actually have full conversations. Like, he wasn't intelligent. Mm-hmm. It's just he had a, a monstrous yeah. look. So, but, yeah, like, when he rolls up yeah. with Pistorius in the crypt, and Pistorius is like, well, hello there. <laughs> hey, I was just relaxing <laughs> with some wine and cigars. Why don't you sit that sissy ass down and we can talk about some stuff? He's like, oh, good, smoke good. Me no want gay sex. Me no want that. Me like her. Do you come here often, big boy? Hello. Well, hello. But but I also dig Pretorius in this scene, though, because he's not shocked at all when Frankenstein shows up. You know, he's just all no. super he's chill. You know, but... Hey. <laughs> well, he's, I also he's busy fucking pulling out me. the fucking cadaver of some fucking twenty-something-year-old, <laughs> no, 19-year-old girl, skull on the table. Which, mm-hmm. which we find out, obviously, like, you know, I, I don't remember them mentioning the year in the 1931 film, but, like, I always assumed from the setting that it kind of tried to stay true to the book. So when they dropped yeah. that it's 1899 in this, I was like, oh. That's kind of weird. <laughs> How's that fit in? Yeah, but uh, again, I just uh, dug him just being like, just fucking dark and evil, just ha- hanging out in the catacomb because he said he felt comfortable there. Hanging out, breaks breaks out his little fucking picnic basket, not knocking back wine, knocking back a cigar, you know, just, just enjoying the setting. And again, just I enjoy the pussy, dude. You can't go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that necrophilia, man. But no, yeah, like you said, he's just—he's very comfortable. Those were things that came up as far as complaints for this film. This movie he ended up being heavily censored. One, yeah. Necrophilia yeah. was one of them, as well as uh, a lot of the Christian. Uh, stuff that we see in this uh, was an issue, one of which was like uh, when Frankenstein is strung up, like when we saw him get captured, you know, there was the mm-hmm. whole Christ idea of him being on the cross, I know there was a scene in which they actually, they did cut which had Franken, the, the, which had the monster, it was called Frankenstein had the monster uh, trying to pull Jesus off of a cross, as if he was you know, yeah. in pain or like in trouble mm-hmm. um, and they exercised yeah. that completely from the film yeah, I mean, it was a hard time to do anything back in the 30s with the Hays Code, where everything was censored. I mean, you couldn't do really anything, so it's surprising that they got away with as much as they did in this movie, because I don't know if they wanted to cut down a lot of the deaths and you know, allusions to <clears throat> necrophilia, like you had said. Um, but yeah, we, we have Pretorius basically just heading down and having a nice dinner with, with the monster. You make man like me? No. 
woman. Oh, be like that. <laughs> wing, wing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Monster-like vagina. Where'd you learn that word? <laughs> oh, the old man. He, he was pervert. <laughs> he had well, a lot of dark skeletons in his closet. Obviously, I mean, you know, the, the monster, as far as, like, you know, his communications go, he's just looking for, you know, a quote-unquote friend. Um, yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. he looks at the woman as friend, you know? So, like, there, there's obviously some kind of, like, deep-rooted Adam and Eve type shit going on here. I mean, it's, it's yeah. all it is. It's just the next step in the book of Genesis, you know? Um so yeah, it's an odd one. I, like they, they never really explicitly kind of make it where it's like a sexual thing, but at the same time, like there's nothing not making it feel that way either. Um, oh yeah, you know, like we'll yeah. see him save that other chick too at one point. Yeah, I mean, he essentially the monster is brought in at this point as the heavy, because Pretorius knows that Baron Frankenstein is not going to want to help him like, at all. This, he's just done with the whole thing. He's just done with dead bodies and doing everything like that. So Pretorius needs to have some leverage. That's why he brings in the heavy where you have the monster coming in going, you will do this. Oh, get away from me, creature. Get away from me, zombies. I haven't even had sex yet. And, you know, he's like, you will do this, Frankenstein. Like, you know, all right, now he's just fucking getting creative with how he talks. <laughs> so then he eventually has to leave and Vittorius tells him, go ahead, do it. And the next thing you know, he's just being kidnapped. It's like, God damn it. Now, of course, I have to go and create this woman for you. Fine. Let's go to the lab. Let's see what's on the slab. <laughs> she likes Palpatine. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then no, he must like... answer for his crime. It's not the Jedi way. <laughs> <laughs> but Frankenstein, when he's fucking snuck up on Elizabeth, it's like he's all fucking ninja-like, man. Like you know, all you know, she doesn't hear a goddamn thing. And I'm like, man, he is pretty light on his feet for a fucking seven-foot-tall monster. Yeah, <laughs> heavy he ass boots on his fucking foot. <laughs> you know, walking through the door. <laughs> no, he was very careful. Like, God, be quiet. Kidnap <laughs> <laughs> <Chitting out> Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> but but also another thing that threw me off though is with the with the with the effects they do in this extra thing though of Frankenstein actually healing over time of the movie, you know from the the damage that was done to the fire and stuff like that, you know so then that brings up like a thing of so then you know was that able to now the flesh is living. You know, obviously, it's starting to heal yeah. itself. Yeah, it could be that way, or it could just be mm-hmm. them trying to look the other way and say, you figure it out. That's not our point, you know. We have the rest of the movie, <laughs> I guess. You know, it's a movie, people. <laughs> you fucking yeah, figure you know. it Yeah, it could just be that, you know. It's, but we also see Baron Frankenstein kind of getting excited again over the experiments. Once he sees everything in the tower lab, he's like, okay, all right, I'm back in. All right, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> All right, I kind of dig this again. This is cool. This is cool. But the heart they have What's a nice setup really you have here. <laughs> yeah. This is a great setup. Like, you know, it's like, yo, thank you, Baron. But, you know, the heart that they have doesn't work. So, yeah, you know what? Uh, can you just go, Henchman, and get me a new heart from the emergency laboratory, the hospital? 
you know, make it uh, fresh, if you will. Oh, no problem. Uh, you, you promised me 100 crowns, so I'm going to have to do it. Then the next scene, you see Carl killing a woman and coming back. And he's like, I got the heart. He's like, uh, how fresh is this heart? Well, the thing is, there really was a girl fresh. She was in his valley. Like extremely and fresh. her heart fell out of her chest. It was crazy, dude. Like, I was just like, hello, mistress. And all of a sudden, she was, ah. And her heart fell out of her chest. And I said, I'll take that. And I'm here. <laughs> it's just no explanation. <laughs> just, other, just, just take the fucking heart, man. Take, just take the fucking heart. You don't need to know the story. Does it work? Yeah. Yes, good. I did my job. Now I'm going to go to the I, I kept the waiting down. for, like, a twist to occur, too. Like, I was waiting mm. for it to be, like, the unveiling of the bride. And it turns out that they used Elizabeth, you know, like that kind of deal. That would like, cool. That would have been yeah. like w- one of those like cool twists where you know, like now yeah. it really proves that Pretorius is evil, and it gives you motivate, you know, it gives motivation now to Frankenstein to really see the errors of his ways. If you're going to make him, you know, if we're going to try to make him uh, the quote unquote good guy of the film. You know, yeah, well, I know that. Go right that that yeah. That that was one of the ideas I came up with, but that yeah. again that that got shot down because that was considered way too damn dark for you know hate shit. <laughs> and plus, it wasn't mm-hmm. the movie that that whale was trying to make. Whale was trying to make a funny movie, just with the creature in it, like you know, not too funny. So you're like, oh wow, okay, this is a knee slapper. But he was trying to make it fun enough, so it's not like the first one. Like this is this completely different thing, and we're gonna have a little bit of fun along the way. And you could tell that's what he was doing. He was we got to throw jokes in there for the kids now. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> Just like well, fucking yeah, Gremlins the kids too. are going to see this. You know? <laughs> and the, the monster could be kind of funny. And hey, at least you know, he gets his drink that's drugged. Ripping up the popcorn. I'm going to drop the leg on your brother if you don't make me self a mate. They go, take it easy, take it easy, Hulk. Could I interest you These in a people drink for Come to the theater to enjoy fresh popcorn and ice cold soda. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Ripping up the popcorn, popping, <laughs> but squeezing the soda. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that's you know that's when you have to have like you know either Hulk Hogan or Macho Man would be better. I think for this movie to interrupt, you just have Macho Man coming. Oh my God, Doctor Frankenstein, you need to make this mate. Because you know I'm a 40, and you know what happens when the oh, creek rises. Ooh, the Elizabeth. <laughs> you already have Elizabeth. <laughs> you <look pretty> <laughs> You're already in the fucking movie. You just need George the Animal yeah. Steel to play the monster, and we're good. Yeah. And that's when you get <laughs> Macho Man and Frankenstein's monster handshaking, and they become the fucking Mega Maniacs. Just like you did with the warrior <laughs> and Macho Man. <laughs> You, you, all you have to do is just have, you know, have somebody run like, oh, my God, could it be happening? Oh, my God, it's Frankenstein's monster in the macho, man. About it, the way they did stuff in the 80s with wrestling and characters and shit, how didn't they ever end up having Macho Man and George the Animal Steel team up together? Like, after all of their fighting against each other for the heart of <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth, you know, it would have made sense yep. for them to team up during his Mega Powers days, you know, that one year. Yeah. No, it would have been awesome, but no, it was a missed opportunity. For some reason, they just never paired them up, and I thought they would have made a fucking amazing tag team. I never was a fan of the Mega Maniacs. You know, uh, Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man, so. Would have much preferred George the Animal Steel with his fucking green tongue and ripping up the fucking turnbuckles with his mouth. And, and constantly <laughs> trying to get up in Elizabeth's pants, you know? So, like, even when they're good guys mm-hmm. together, 
they're, they're trying to team up, but at the same time, you know, George is just constantly trying to get up in their shit. Yeah. But the other thing I like about this, as the experiment's going on, as they're getting ready to put the body up into, you know, the sky so it can get electrocuted, you have that moment where he wants to talk to his wife, Elizabeth. He's like, oh, I want you to talk to her on this electronic device. And he pulls out this gigantic fucking phone, and he's like, Elizabeth, is that you? And she's like, yeah, it's me. He's like, sup, girl, what you wearing? I miss you, boo. Like, you know, and it's like, no, you heard her. Okay. I'm like, Jesus, that size of that phone. <laughs> like, good enough I for you. Know, good enough for me. I didn't know they had cell technology back then. It was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. That That's cell amazing. phones were around. I thought they were like a newer invention. No, they were Man, what are you talking about, man? That, 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 that's, that's one of those in-carriage in things, man. You had to have the big box for, 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 for the cell phone in the carriage. That's how that shit went back in the day. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's just, it was amazing to see that for a 35 movie, to have what essentially is a cell phone, and he's talking to her on, and she's responding. You must have had amazing fucking cell service back then. I mean, there's no buildings. woods. <laughs> I didn't realize the miracle that was the telephone needed a wire to connect it to like the other side, you know. Instead, it's I mean, carried yeah, around yeah. on the train. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but again, here this is showing how much of you know a smarter man our professor is versus Frankenstein because you know he's like, oh yeah, my spare time I just happen to build this you know <laughs> two way telephone. It's got a hell of a fucking range and can go through mountains. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Pretorius is the better fucking doctor. He's the master. And he even says that. You know, the master teaching a student, student teaching the master. No, he's the fucking master. He doesn't only just have a cell phone. He has homunculi. He has little people that have personalities that want to bone all the time and just fucking hang out. Like, okay, I'm sorry, Pretorius, you are the fucking king, dude. Like, I don't even know why you need Baron Frankenstein at this point. You just fucking group yeah, one in jars. We need Alan Cumming playing Pretorius in a series about Pretorius. <laughs> Put it on Netflix. Get $90 million. Mm-hmm. Put it out there. Um, but no, it's just that Pretorius is obviously, to me, the better doctor, the better scientist, but he needs them to create a mate for some reason because Baron Frankenstein is really good at body parts. He knows how to stitch them together fully make an internal system so they have lungs and they can eat and they have, you know, full capabilities because that's just how you do it, you know, so it needs them to do it. And Henry, like we had said, gets into it. And finally, now we have everything going to plan, like in, in Frankenstein of 31, where everything's in place, the kites are flying. And when Frankenstein wakes up from his date rape drug that Pretorius gave him, <laughs> he's suddenly on that roof and immediately just mm. fucking kills Carl for no fucking reason. Carl didn't do anything. To this guy. Well, that's, he's just hanging out in the That's because so Frankenstein's monster is obviously at, at a fucking, you know, he's an AA fucking guy now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> my name monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Me be clean Who's one month. good? Today. <laughs> just for today, <laughs> I will not have drink. <laughs> I just never got it. It's never really understood why Carl had to die, otherwise then it's Dwight Fry. But no, please stop it, please stop it. And he throws that dummy right off the roof. And then you get to hear Dwight Fry scream all the way down <laughs> to the bottom. Whatever that tower Why is. does he do that? And then, like, I don't even get that. Because he, he, 
Like, I, it felt he's like super horny. Yeah, like, I think this is one of those cut things. You know what I mean? There was no provocation. It could be. The fucking guy woke up, and all of a sudden, he's like, you know, we don't even see him wake up. All of a sudden, we just see him running up the stairs, and he tosses this guy for nothing. Yeah, bounces him to his death. And like the monkey said, maybe he was just super horny at that point. Maybe all of a sudden he started to have that feeling in between his legs. He's like, oh, shit, it's happening. It's happening. All right, where's, where's my mate? Where's my mate? And he said, this is going to happen. And like that, that's, that's the thing. thing. Like that's where if they would have made the monster similar to the book in which he actually did have, you know, higher thought function, yeah. you could maybe mm-hmm. call this like a crisis of faith, let's say, where the monster for a yeah. split second is thinking to himself, you know what? Maybe there shouldn't be another creation like me. Maybe I shouldn't be you know, getting a partner. Maybe I am actually a monster and I should stop this from happening. But that's not how the movie presents it. That's not what they show nope. us. They give us absolutely nothing. And like I feel like I said, I feel like this is one of those where something is on the cutting room floor, you know, from when the, the censors or whatever needed the, the haze code, they needed shit cut. And that's what they did. Because there had to be something, some reason for the monster just to target this one guy and toss him. <laughs> yeah, it, just, it was just that was the guy that was in the way at the time. So it's like, yeah, we're just going to do that. Um, but yeah, when, but in the he, way when he comes what? back down the steps, <laughs> it was just, like, it was in the way of what he went up so there he and did go. nothing else. He throws the guy off. The guy's yelling for Ludwig, and Ludwig's hiding. You know, he's hiding behind a fucking barrel. <laughs> Ludwig's <laughs> like, oh <laughs> yes, I'm in this movie too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I was him, I'd be like, see ya. Not worth the crowns. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I put the guys up. I swear. The kites are up. <laughs> you know? uh, I just watched my friend get killed. He just got tossed, so I'm good. Weatherwood's gone, and for rightfully so. But with the, the, everything being a success, we have the body being lowered back down and unwrapping the eyes, and you get to see the eyes for the first time, which, again, for <gasps> 35, it's cool. But, but, you know, it's the whole unveiling, because they have to unwrap everything, you know. And then when you see her again, she's got the gigantic hair with the white sides, and then she's wearing this kind of weird dress outfit. And not really sure where she's leaning. You think yeah, she might be leaning towards Baron. It's kind of like, hey, you know, what are you doing? You know, you created me, so I'm kind of with you. But you no, know, she just kind How of are you? Uh, hisses like a hisses like a goose. Just ha, ah, like you know. And that's apparently what was her inspiration was uh, geese and how mean they are. So she was going to act like a goose as uh, the bride. <laughs> as you see her, I love goose. Her hiss. It's my favorite. It's my favorite <laughs> band right now. The honestly, I love goose. They're great. Yeah. A lot of fun. But, you know, it, it's her waking up and, and kind of experiencing life just like the creature did. And when the creature sees her, he's like, oh, 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 hey, friend. And she immediately screams. So he is immediately shot down. She's been awake for like five minutes and immediately has been <laughs> asked out on a date and immediately shut down. So he's like, I guess we're all just going to have to die now because that's what happens when I get rejected. It's like, you know, <laughs> there'll be others. He'll make another one. Come on. It was Baron Frankenstein I'm talking about. He just brings people back to life. Give him a chance. <laughs> Maybe she wasn't into you. Maybe she didn't like the bolts inside of your neck. Don't blame yourself. I mean, he's, he's like the ultimate in thirsty. You know what I'm saying? It's like he's like one of those oh, yeah. friends that you get. Like he gets real fixated on like one chick or whatever. He gets shot down the one time, and it's like the ultimate in drama. Like, oh, man, I'm going to fucking kill myself, this and that. And it's like. 
the fuck did you know there's other fucking fish in the sea, bro? You know, and, and, then, and then it's one of those two, like, you know, you always, you always hate it when, like, any female friend gives this person, like, any kind of attention because you know, like, even no, if they're yeah. doing it just to be nice, that this person's going to, like, reach onto them and, you know, think the oh, totally wrong uh, thing. And now all of a sudden they're in, they're in love again, you know what I mean? And it's like, uh... Yeah, no, dude. She just wants to be friends, brah. But when we see the we'll end, the effects of this, I, I, I really dig uh, how they did the scar, the scarring, and you know, of uh, uh, around the face and going down the neck of you know. Sh- a new way of showing how the patches of skin are put together. I, I, I just was really dug the look that they did there. No, it was very, it I was agree. very well done. I mean, she looked great. Yeah. She looked I, phenomenal. I, I, and I, I love the, the wrappings. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, go yes. And like the, the one thing I'm going to say, though, and like here's the thing, just like you said at the beginning of this, you know, watching this movie, I'm like, oh, I'm watching The Bride of Frankenstein. So the fact that mm-hmm. she gets made at the very end of this movie and we literally only have these few minutes with this character, I was fucking shocked, like completely yeah. shocked. Because mm-hmm. like you said, I know the Bride of Frankenstein. I know it's like an iconic look and you see yeah. her, you know, in all these places. And I, uh, I was surprised. I had no idea that there was so little of the actual bride in, in any of this. It is, it's, it's so little because as soon as she rejects Frankenstein's creature, he immediately says she hates me and everybody else hates me and I hate me and we got to go. We got to die now. So go ahead, Baron. Get the <laughs> hell out of here. You go live. Go. Anyway, we're all going to stay because we belong to That includes you, Presorius. What, me? Dude, I sucked your dick last night. You can't kill me. <laughs> that, was five, that was a one-time thing. What? <laughs> You promise you don't say nothing. That's secret. <laughs> <laughs> and that leads to the, the tower being destroyed with Pretorius, the bride, and Frankenstein's monster in it with Baron escaping with Elizabeth to live out their days. So, you know, one of those quick cut endings and we're done and we're out. And, yeah, unfortunately, the bride is only in this movie for three minutes. And it's called The Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> she has an iconic look, yes. But as a character, uh, I don't really get the reverence. Other than a, a physical look, which is amazing. Yeah, there's just nothing there. Uh, dude, I, she's obviously, the though, I mean, it's, it's, it's a woman thing, too, though. You know what I mean? Especially coming from that time frame. You know, women were yeah. kind of, you know, seen as, as subservient still. The good wives, mm-hmm. like, sitting, you know, sitting at home and all this and that. Right. You know, the women's live right. movement hadn't really had its effect yet. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I, I guess that's what it really is. Because you know, ultimately, when you really look at it, the whole film is centered around her creation. So she is yeah, yeah. what you know what all men want. I guess is the idea. Oh, she's not my type. I think she fits in yeah. uh, the king's the king's type more yeah, than mine. De- yeah, she would definitely be my type. You know, but she would reject me right away. Me only want to be friends. <laughs> that's cool, I guess. Can I add you on Facebook? <laughs> no, me no have Facebook. Oh, damn it. <laughs> what about Instagram? Maybe. But that's $20 a month. What, 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 what is Twitter price? handle? <laughs> I follow you Ten on Twitter. 99. That's it. 
<laughs> you could. I bet Pretorius has an. App. I'm sure Pretorius has an app for it on his big ass cell phone. <laughs> I'm sure he does. He's got the bride's only fans. Twenty dollars a month, and you have to unlock everything for ten dollars. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 He's got the OnlyFans, too. Which is him standing in front of all of the monkey lie with his dick out. What do you think about this? <laughs> Domination, the monkey lie. I have the bigger penis. I could crush you with it. <laughs> that's a whole other, you know, OnlyFans page that he has, but... All right, so that was Bride of Frankenstein. Five dollars um, if you want to watch me jerk off the game. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to watch me jerk off on the homunculi, that's five dollars, and it includes one video. <laughs> Message drops in the fucking the OnlyFans DM. You know, want to see more? <laughs> Ten dollar donation. <laughs> yeah. Now through this week, ten dollars only. Get full access to my library homunculi. <laughs> I got I got my fans. Check out all the reviews, four stars. So you know I'm worth it. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, so I believe next week uh, the pick is mine. Uh, and then we're gonna try to go back into our regular rotation once everybody's back. So uh, for next week, there are three different ways that you can watch this movie for free. You can either do it on Shutter, you can either do it on Tubi, or you can do it on YouTube. But I picked the 1973 Jello Torso, directed by Sergio Martino, because we've never brought up Sergio Martino before on the show, and I want to be the guy to do it. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Torso next week. So you can find it on those three platforms to watch for free. If you have Shutter, you got it. If you've got Tubi, you can do it. YouTube, all free for you guys. So you guys decide which one you want to watch. I will say that the Shutter one is uh, subtitled in English, but it is Italian. So I think uh, YouTube is an English dub. I'm not sure about Tubi yet, but I do know that you can watch an English sub on um, uh, uh, YouTube, English sub. So you guys decide how you want to watch it. But we're definitely going to be covering. So the stuff. Italian is on YouTube and the English no, the sub is on, on Shutter. Tubi. Yeah, the Italian is on Shutter with English subtitles. Uh, YouTube, I know, is English dubbed. So it's English acting, ADR. Uh, Tubi, I have not checked out yet, but I would assume that it's a lot like YouTube. Where it's going to be, Which uh, one has dubbed. the Italian so, subtitles? The English subtitles? That's on Shutter. There's none with Italian you, subtitles? You, <laughs> no, it's English language <laughs> and English language and English language. No, no, Shutter is uh, Italian but with the English subtitles. I don't know. I prefer the one on Shutter because I think that's the more complete version because of the fact that it is uh, subtitled English and spoken word Italian. I like that one better, but <clears throat> you guys can decide which one you want to watch. I just know that... Which I one has the better really picture? Like <clears throat> um, <laughs> you can't go wrong with, with Tubi or Shutter. YouTube actually has a pretty crystal clear one, too. I think that's uh, 1080p. So, that's, I mean, you can watch it on any platform you fucking want. I'm just trying to give you guys options. That's the one that they do with <laughs> Russian dialogue with Swedish yeah, subtitles. I'm sure you can pick that up. But, you know, for, for the monkey, he won't have to fucking search the pirate seas. He'll be able to just go on to a legit website and watch it. He wants to be able you know, yo-ho-ho and try to download a copy. He could just hey, watch hey, it for hey, free. Hey, and don't scream, We all know, we don't all know, that, you, me. You know that you like to sit the seven seas. I didn't say where. I didn't say how. I just said that you, you sometimes like to get on the ship and find your movies. Me, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> we're not judging you. We're not movie shaming you. We're just saying that's how it happened. So anyway, that's next week. Torso from 1973, directed by Sergio Martino. Thank you so much for joining us I tonight. Ju- I judge him completely, and he knows it, man. Everybody knows my feelings. <laughs> no, I do <laughs> piracy. So, yo! <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. So go ahead and uh, sign off, monkey. All right. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. Mwah. <laughs> Mwah. Oh, it's good to have a nice juicy kiss from the monkey before you go. All right. And uh, lastly, Ghoul, why don't you sign us off for the night? Stay scared, everybody. Stay. Oh, hold on. Stay scared. Stay scared. Hey. Stay, 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 stay scared. Stay scared. Stay scared. Stay scared. Hey. <laughs> Stay sassy, girl. Stay scared. Wine and, che- and cheese, monster man. <laughs> Ooh, wine good. Butt sex, no good. No good. Mmm, <laughs> anal. Go that way. We don't go that way. Stop saying that, Pretoria. One, time, that was one, one night. time in college, and she swore she was a girl. <laughs> but I felt something more, and I've questioned everything ever since. Me so confused. Happens to the best of us. Human genitalia, scary to monster. <laughs> it's okay. You'll figure it out, buddy. We all do. It's fine. That's <laughs> for me. I'm your old topic in the horror, Angie G. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Stay, you know, as we said, stay scared. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. And until we meet for the Italian Jello torso from 1973, see you next time. Your mom. <laughs> <laughs>